Ladies and gentlemen. And we're back. This is Drew Sitz with Tonight. I'm joined with Bryant Deal. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. It was, uh, <laughs> it was wild trying to get back in, but last week I was sick. Uh, had like a 103 fever for three days, but... Holy we're, shit. Yeah, we're alive now. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, so I bailed on Bryant, and then he was sick, and so now we're doing it. So we're making it work. Um, we, we saw each other at Alec Whitty's wedding, right? Reconnected. Reconnected, <laughs> and uh, we talked about it there, and we're like, oh, we got to do it. So here we are. Absolutely. Doing the damn thing. Doing the whole thing. <laughs> so you were sick? What, what happened? COVID or? I have no idea. So at my other job, uh, I got two jobs right now, but the other one I'm working for Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, and I'm always around kids. Um, and since I'm more part-time there now, my immune system, I just think it's garbage. Oh, man. Being around kids, they're just hot dog tongue coughing all over you, so your immune system gets pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I just was halfway through work on last Saturday, and then that's when I texted you because I was like, God, I feel like garbage. And then all of a sudden, yeah. I go home, take my temperature. It's like, yeah, 103, and I'm like, awesome. I'm going to be dead for the next week. That's bad. So did you have to take off work? Yeah, I took off three days of work, but I had a bunch of sick time built up. So that's good. We got paid to do nothing. Yeah, true. <laughs> Relax. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm sick. I'm a little congested as well. You can hopefully hear on the microphone a little bit, but I'm, I'm persevering. I was like, okay, he was sick last week. He's probably not going to get sick for me this week. So yeah, so we'll just bounce <laughs> off germs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Cool. So Bryant and I went to high school together. I don't really remember you very much. We weren't friendly at all, really didn't have any classes with each yeah. other or anything. But um, again, we saw each other at the wedding. You're yeah. friendly, you know, so yep. we're going to kind of uh, go on a little date today. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> First date. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you were a huge baseball player. I think we should just start right there, yeah. right? Where do you want to start? <laughs> how did you first start playing? Did your dad like baseball? You know, you're just yeah. athletic. So I started playing... I was always the oversized kid, so I was like... Yeah, you're a big dude. I was 5'8 by, like, the fourth grade. <laughs> I shouldn't have been this tall. I ride it up to milk because my dad, he's a little Italian 4'11 meatball. No way. And my mom's, like, 5'3", so there's no height in my family. Damn. I say I'm six foot, but I'm, like, 5'11 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and my baseball record will say I'm 6'1", totally. which is just not true. Totally. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I started playing... Uh, Never thought anything of it. I mean, obviously, when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm playing with all my buddies, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't really – I hated baseball, too, because my dad was my coach, and he always took it so serious because he was my tra first travel coach. And I was like, I hate practice. There's just something about practice. I never want to do it again. <laughs> and I actually almost quit until I played for Bartlett Bandits with, like, David Jasky, Hell Scott yeah. Rudell, all those guys. Um, Thomas Berry? Oh, yeah, Ryan Thomas Ferry. Schwartz was just talking about him the Dude, other day. Dude, Ryan was a psycho. He would get people <laughs> so razzed up. And now I played, actually, men's league softball with him oh, hell yeah. not too long ago. And the old the competitive Ryan comes out, and it's awesome because <laughs> he just starts screaming at people, and I love it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for uh, baseball, for the most part, I wasn't going to take it serious. And then I joined the Bandits, and then I got better. And then I was, like, 5'10 at that point. And they're like, oh, this kid's going to be a monster. Um so, also, my arm was ruined from that team because I was throwing every oh. other game. And how old are you? 
I was 11 and 12 Whoa. and I was throwing over like 150 pitches a weekend. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let me just rub icy hot all over this thing. Pop some ibuprofen. I'm fine. Yeah, I could throw in. And then I get out to the mound and you see my arm from the dugout like visibly shaking. Oh my and gosh. Like, no, I got 10 more. I got 10 more. I'm good. Um, but yeah, after that, I got scouted for a national team. Uh, me and Kevin played for the same team, Kevin Barry. Shout uh, to Kevin. Yeah. The, uh, it was called Elite Baseball Training. Justin Stone ran it. He's with the Cubs now, I think. Um, I don't know what part he's in. I think he's like a hitting coach or something for the Cubs. Wow. Um, but yeah, that guy was awesome. Uh, I got scouted at a tournament when I was 12 or 13. No, when I was 13 by that national team because they were just bringing on the team. They were just creating it the next year for our age group because the only team they had was like a 16U. And it was just like a national. Everyone on that team was committed D1. Wow. A bunch of the guys are in the league now from that team too. Um, but, yeah, it was it was cool. The first year, they're like, oh, yeah, you're great. Next year, my arms started kind of shooting out. I got super skinny. And they're like, yeah, you're not cut out for this team anymore. So I ended up joining. Whoa. Yeah. I ended up joining another team that was still part of the Chicago Scouts Association, which is just like eight teams. And a bunch of scouts would go to our, like, fall league and then we would go to a bunch of, you know, like just random national uh, tournaments and all that. Um, the team I played for was Pro Player Canes or out McHenry. Uh, there is this kid, Jeff Heinrich, that I played with too. He ended up going to South Carolina and playing there. I'm pretty sure he's in the minor league system right now. I know he got picked up. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that was cool. And then I was talking to a couple D1s, thought I was sick in high school. Totally. And once high school kicked off, it was awesome. Freshman year, I sucked. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then after that, it all picked up. It was so you great. weren't, like, way better than everybody else? I'm really – I don't like talking about myself with it. Sure. Because, like, and other people – can brag a little too. bit, though. We're telling your story. You know? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I wasn't – in high school, I don't think I was Division One level like I thought I was. Um, but obviously all your boys are like, oh, dude, you're nasty. Right. And then it was me and Kevin, right? And then uh, Nate Gomez as well. Cause oh, that's kid, right, Pin. Yeah, he was a stud. Um, but we had, like, us three that people would be like, oh, yeah, you're going to go D1, you're going to get drafted, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And we're all, like, eating it up, and you're just, like, the jock in high school. <laughs> you know everybody. And I was like, oh, this is so sick. And then – This is what my life is. <laughs> I end up – not committing anywhere until senior year, the fall of senior year. And I was like, yeah, this probably shouldn't be happening if I think I'm D1. So I ended up committing to a JUCO, uh, Heartland Community College, which I was like, oh, I'm going to go to a JUCO. I'm just going to ball out and then I'll transfer to a D1. Right. And that is just not what happened. <laughs> Dude, I get there. Where, like, where was that? In it Illinois? Was, it was over in Bloomington Normal. So it was uh, right. Awesome. It was five minutes away from Illinois state. So cool. it was a good time over there. There was always something to do. Perfect. Um, so you're getting the college experience, mm -hmm. but also being able to play sports. Absolutely. Nice. Well, play sports quotation marks. Cause, uh, I get there and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be sick. The dudes are so cool. The like, uh, captains of the team, they had like a little get together the night before our first practice or the weekend before our first practice. Cause we got there on a Friday and then Friday, Saturday is just like bonding, getting to know your teammates and stuff. And like, I'm meeting guys from Canada for the first time, and I sound like an idiot when I'm talking to them because I've never met a Canadian in my life. Okay. And I'm like, oh, like this is going to be hilarious. And I'm like, hey, bud, like just being an idiot. And they're just like, screw this kid. Dude, he's an idiot. He's so stupid. And then they're just like playing along with it, and then they're just talking to me like I'm an idiot. And I'm like, 
So what's it like in Canada? Is it just always cold? Right. Like thinking it's Antarctica? Because geographically, we're, <laughs> yeah, just because geographically we're so stupid, especially with U46. Totally. Like if you told me to pick out like where Portugal was, I'd be like, where is that? Oh, no. come on. You don't is know it? Portugal? Well, no, it's South America. No, it's not. Oh my God. See, I'm still stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I love geography. Portugal is on the Western coast of Spain, the Iberian Peninsula. Uh, it's in Europe. See, I'm stupid. I was about to make a joke too and say it was in Europe. And then I was like, oh, it's South America. Just because it sounds like that. But Brazilians speak Portuguese. Yeah. Anyways, go back to your story. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> a little tangent there. Yeah. Um, but I get to our first practice at Heartland. I'm like, oh, this is sick. If you looked up the corn crib, it's such a nice field. Like, we the should. Corn not, crib? Dude, it, we shared it with a independent league team. So, like, semi pro. Dude, it was the it was such a sick stadium. Wow. There was corn stalks on the hill and right field. It's so cool. Dude, it's huge. We have this huge scoreboard. It's awesome. It's a huge stadium. It's like it's the like, field of dreams. Yeah, dude. But it's this massive stadium and we have all the seating that would never get filled, obviously, because we're a JUCO team. And college but, baseball in general though, I feel like it's not filling up the stands, is it? It is now. Really? Um I mean, any baseball's kind of back, right? Baseball is back, but any Power Five, you'll see all those schools. Like, watch an Ole Miss game; that's fun baseball. That's cool. Like, if you watch Ole Miss, like someone hits a home run, everyone in the stands now fields throwing like beer and water in the air. It's that's sick. Cool. Um, but yeah, first practice, I get there, and I hurt my arm immediately because I'm like, oh, I gotta like show out. I gotta do good. We're doing uh, just IO, which is infield outfield. And it's pretty standard. Like, they'll hit four balls to each outfielder. Like, you'll throw twice to second, twice to third, and then one to home. So, like, five ground balls or fly balls they'll mix in. And on, like, my third throw, I just feel, like, this numb pain going through my pinky. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Because that's, like, the big tell that you tore your UCL, which is a big no-no for Tommy John. And I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then... I just keep going. My arm keeps getting weaker, and I like was like, okay, like maybe I am hurt. I'll tell my coach or something. And I'm in my apartment with my roommate, and we're just talking. And I go to open the fridge, and my arm just shoots all the way through my hand, and it goes numb. And I'm like, dude, you need, you might need to call an ambulance. Like right. freaking out to weekend because I'm a oh stupid freshman. Um, so I finally tell my coach, I'm like, hey, like my arm's hurt. I got to go see the doctor. So I go and I see the doctor and they're like, yeah, we'll do an MRI. I go and do an MRI. That was the worst experience of my entire life. So you're inside the tube? Yeah. So the way they set you up in the tube for UCL MRI is you will put your arm straight up over your head like this, laying on your stomach. And they're like, yeah, just uh, don't move. The more you move, the longer you have to be in there. They're like, after like five minutes, your arm's going to go numb and start tingling because like it's in a weird position. I'm like, okay. They're like, you can also in the headphones, just like pick a station. We'll put it on for you. I'm like, sweet. So I pick ESPN. Nothing's playing in the headphones. And they're like, just press the button if you want us to pull, pull you out, but it'll take longer for us to get this MRI done. I'm like, okay. So I go in, nothing's playing on the headphones. And I'm like, is it ever going to start? Right. Nothing ever starts. So I'm just sitting in there, silence. dead silence. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to press the button. I just want to get up and get out of here because yeah. like, there's like parties tonight because <laughs> it was on a Friday. Right. I don't want to be in here that long. Yeah. And it was already <laughs> like seven, seven o'clock and it was late when we were getting this done, but it was like seven o'clock and 
I'm sitting there. It sounds like I'm in a Star Wars movie, like just a complete firefight. And I'm like, oh my God. Whoa. And my arm starts going numb. And then I start panicking because I have the worst claustrophobia. And you're in this tiny ass fucking cylinder. Dude, it looks dude. terrifying. Dude, it's terrible. And it's and then, a giant magnet or something, right? What is it? I, I have no idea how it works. <laughs> okay. I just know it shows what's wrong with my arm. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so I'm in there and I'm like freaking out, dude. And the whole time I'm just like, don't press the button don't move just get this done and over with so i was in there for 45 minutes and my arm like as soon as i get out i'm like i'm not gonna be able to put my arm down dude yeah it's all stiff now but <laughs> i finally get out and they're like yeah we'll let you know in a week we'll get like a second opinion on it too just to make sure everything's good which is awesome like i wish i was still in college in sports because i'd go to the hospital all the time just to get stuff fixed because everything was free that's really, that's really cool it's <clears throat> a good advantage I never even would have thought about. Oh, dude, it was awesome. Like, if I got sick, go to the emergency clinic or something, go to the minute clinic, and it's free. Nice. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Just give me my medicine for free. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm an athlete. <laughs> so the results come back, and they're like, yeah, you have a partial tear. You don't need uh, surgery for this. But partial tears are just considered, like, sprains for UCL. So, so where's the UCL? Is it, like, in your tricep? It's or? on the inside of your elbow. Oh my god! Yeah, so that's where all the ten. It's always the three main injuries for a baseball player in their arm is their UCL, the rotator cuff, or their labrum. So either shoulder or elbow, mm. both are terrible. If you hurt your shoulder, it's always going to get hurt again. I mean, like Kevin had like three surgeries on his shoulder wow. because it just kept getting re hurt. Then he eventually made the smart decision of just becoming a first baseman, so he didn't have to throw. <laughs> um, where did he go to school? He went to Valparaiso, Valparaiso, and then he transferred over to Lewis, and I actually almost went to Lewis. I almost went to both of Kevin's schools. That would have been sick. You guys are back in the... Back, back being boys. Yeah. Just a dynamic duo. Um, but the results come back. I tell my coach, and he's like, well, you can take a red shirt if you want. You can do this. You can do that. He's like, but you're only going to get five ABs realistically regardless if you don't red shirt. And I'm like... That's not what I want to hear. I'm like, okay, I'm in a red shirt. And I played the rest of the fall. I tell him, I was like, let me at least play the rest of the fall because we had our pro scout day coming up where a bunch of pro teams come and then a bunch of D1 teams come to watch us. And it's basically just like showcase style. We'll run a 60-yard dash. We'll do our throws from the outfield. They'll take our velocities and they'll watch us take BP batting practice. Um, so I this was like the turning point for me in college for college baseball. I topped out with my hurt arm at 88, which is like pretty good. Like, especially having a partially torn UCL. Totally. Cause I was, I was like, screw it. Like if I tear it all the way, like I'll just get my surgery. I'm red shirting anyways. It doesn't matter. Cause I was already in a bad spot mentally anyways. Um, so you were just like throwing everything you had mm -hmm. and just like, fuck it. If it tears, it tears. It tear yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I aired one out cause I wanted to throw it to the catcher. Like, without it hitting the ground just to show I could make the ball carry in front of these scouts. And I missed my cutoff. And I go back in, and my head coach comes up to me. And I would never speak bad on this man. Like, as much as he put me through, it made me way better. And I, was, I learned how to deal with adversity so fast because of him because he was always trying to, like, weed out the people that weren't about it, you know, because this was a – like renowned, they just won the national championship last year too for JUCO. Um, it's a renowned uh, JUCO for baseball. So he's trying to weed out guys that aren't like bought in. So he's like, how'd you think you did? 
and he, he wasn't talking to anyone else. I just come in and everyone else is like pulling down 92 to 95. And I'm like, oh, I was like, you know what? With a hurt arm, I think I did pretty good. And he looks me in the eye and he goes, your arm is dog shit. Damn. Hit your cut off. It looked terrible. And I was like, just sitting there like, there's no way this guy just said that to me. And I'm like fuming, fuming for like the rest of my year there. I'm fuming because I'm like, what the hell? Dude? Fuck this guy. Like, who does he think he is to tell me my arm's not good? He knows my arm's hurt. We we looked at the results. He talked to the doctor. Damn. But it was all a test. And it was just to see if I'd be like, fuck this. I quit. I'm going to transfer. Right? <clears throat> so the year goes on after him telling me that. It'd be like, and you'd get dogged if you're a red shirt. You just get put through bitch work. Like, you have to go pick up bags. You right. have to... Carry buckets to games that you don't get to take BP on game day. So you're just mentally messed up. And I developed like this terrible anxiety disorder while I was there. I was like freaking out all the time. I'd go back to my room, put holes in my fucking wall. Dude, I was like so mentally messed up. I was like, if you're a red shirt right now at 18 years old and you have this dream of playing professional baseball, you're nowhere near where you need to be. And you're never going to be that good because you can't progress in four years to play pro ball. I was like, I'm already behind. And like reality is like closing around you. Oh, yeah. You're realizing it. And, and, and I'm an 18-year-old dude, and yeah, I'm like yeah. bright eye, bushy tail. I'm like, I got the whole world in my palm yeah, right now. going into it, you think everything's going to go yeah, great. Yeah, dude, and we're like, we're always taught like, oh, you got to conquer the world, you know, like especially as a guy. Like, totally. When we're brought up, it's all oh, conquer the world, and then at the same time I'm sitting there, I'm like, fuck, dude, I can't even conquer myself. Like, I have, I'm not even close to doing what I need to do. Um. So we're doing all that, and the season starts progressing. We're going in the spring. I get back to school, and I'm just doing all this bitch work. And I told myself, I was like, because we had five Division One committed outfielders, right? There's three spots. There's one DH. A Division One committed athlete's not playing that day, right? And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I would have played, you yeah, know, like an right, idiot. Right. So... So what t- what position did you play mostly? I was primarily an outfielder. Okay. I kind of opened up a little bit uh, throughout college to playing other positions, but I was just stuck in the outfield. Um, just because me trying to pick up other spots, like especially when I because I put on a bunch of weight. Like I told myself, I was like, if you want to compete with any of these guys, you got to get after it in the weight room. So and that's something you could do while you're injured. Yeah, exactly. So I was so committed. I started changing my diet. Um, I started going to the gym like two days, like seven days a week, which is stupid because you need rest days. But me being like, oh, I'm on my villain arc, dude. I need to to turn this up. (laughs) (laughs) So I go like insane, basically. I'm losing my mind. This guy keeps like playing mental games with me. I'd get randomly suspended from the team. Just to like uh, show guys like, hey, don't mess around in class. And mind you, this is me like being like a maniac. I loved so many guys on that team, did not talk to any of them. There was like three guys I would hang out with and talk to, but I would not hang out or talk to anyone. I was silent on that team because I was like so resentful that like, why is this happening to me? Like, why is it got to be me? Like I could be up playing with all these guys. So I was dead silent. So when I'm in class, I'm not, even if I'm cool with you, those three dudes, I'm not talking to them. Like I'd sit alone, I'd sit in the front and I'd just like sit there, do my stuff, get out. And high school, I was a terrible student. As soon as I got to college, I was like 4.0 the whole time through. Just cause I was like, okay, you're paying for this now. Yeah, like, good for you. For school. So 
there was this one class, it was during the season, and everyone was messing around because there was this one professor that was, he was a really cool guy, he was older, um, he was a big donor to the baseball program there, so like he loved all of us, um, and he gave us a lot of leeway, but he brought it to our athletic director's attention that like we were goofing off in class one day, and they sent something in our group, me, like that group chat, um, hey, I, we need to see da-da-da, da-da-da, and deal, and I'm like, the fuck do you need to see me for dude like you're already putting me through this bullshit like i'm carrying buckets everywhere like doing all the bitch work so i go in and i talk to the athletic director and i was pissed dude because he brought me in with this one kid that i knew was messing around the whole time and he was like teetering with ineligibility he had like a i think you needed like a 2-0 to play or a 2-5 or something like that and he was like 0.1 over whatever the cutoff was so <laughs> they pull me in and this kid, he's like, just spilling it out. He's like, I'm sorry. It won't happen again. This is that, this is that. And you can see me. Like, I just look pissed sitting there. I'm not saying anything. And our AD goes, so deal. Like, do you have anything you want to say about it? And I'm like, well, I think this is ridiculous that I'm here. Whoa. And he's like, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And like, our AD is not someone like he talked to because like, he's very involved with the baseball program. He loved all of our athletic programs. He was super involved. He was like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? Like expecting an apology out of me? And I was yeah. like, I don't talk to anyone. You can ask him. Like, I don't talk to anybody in that class. I'm not goofing off. He's like, okay, whatever. Well, I'll talk to your head coach and see what they have to say about it. So I get a text from my head coach 10 minutes later. Hey, you're suspended until further notice. And I'm like, dude, why does it even fucking matter? I'm a red shirt. Like, I'm barely at practice anyways, dude. Like, I don't even go to away games. Like, why is this, Why are you suspending me to make a statement so people don't screw off in class? And I'm like, all right. So, so did you hate that guy who was screwing off? Like, were you like, oh, fuck yeah, you, no, I, I hated that guy. He, I, I won't name him, but I hated that guy. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> no, nah, he was a good dude. He, he meant well. Because um, it takes a lot for me to say I hate someone and. I didn't actually hate that guy. Yeah, I know, that, I know. that situation, I hated him. Um, but I go to class the next Monday because that happened on a Friday. I go to class Monday and I talk to the professor. Like I emailed him and I was like, hey, can I meet with you half an hour before class? He's like, yeah, absolutely, anything. So I meet with him and I was like, hey, like I don't know what happened. I don't know if you think I'm messing around in class. Like I don't mean to be if I am. Like tell me. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, I didn't give any names. Like, I didn't give any names from the class. He's like, and I was like, yeah, well, they suspended me. He's like, he looks at me and goes, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> He's like, they suspended you? Because he knew I was a red shirt, too. He's like, a fucking red shirt they suspended just to prove a point. I'm like, yeah, like, it's kind of what I assumed, too. They were waiting for me to apologize for something, and I didn't. He's like, good on you, because you shouldn't have apologized for anything. You didn't do anything wrong. Right. So he kind of screws you over, not trying to, but because you were on the baseball team, he said, hey, guys from the team, we're fucking off in class. Yeah, he was just trying to get it. up in it. Yeah. He wasn't even trying to get us in trouble. He was just trying to get him to say, hey, like, hey, like, this guy cares about you. Don't, like, be screwing off in his class. And then me and this other pitcher that just threw the day before, he got suspended because he was ineligible to throw because he threw, like, 100-something pitches. So it didn't even matter that he was suspended. It was right. just his rest time. Um, <laughs> but... They never talked about it. He went and he yelled at them, uh, but they never talked about it. They never brought it up. Coach texts me like on Tuesday, hey, you can start coming back to practice and stuff. Your suspension is over. Happens again. Like the suspended thing happens again later in the year. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't care anymore. Like prove your point to whoever. Like I don't matter at this point. <clears throat> so how long did you play at this school? 
a year and a half because I ended up transferring my second year. So what happened was at the end of the year, uh, our head coach, our head coach knew I hated the fuck out of his guts. Like he knew I hated his guts for like the stuff he was putting me through. And I was on PA system at home games, dude, like announcing batters coming up. And you know how demoralizing that is announcing your teammates names and like playing their walk-up songs. And you're just like, yeah, man, like, cool. I'm so excited for you right now just to be sitting in this uh, booth and do nothing but watch baseball for five hours straight because we would do double headers every home game. Oh, my God. So I'm just sitting there, like, wasting my time, like, doing homework and stuff while I'm up there, like, playing songs in between. But I get my year-end meeting because I wanted to go home early because I was like, screw it, I need to get out of here. I'm going to transfer regardless. And my head coach was doing all of our year-end meetings so I walk in and he's like laughing and I'm like, the fuck is this guy about to say? He's going to like tell me I wash stuff. He's going to tell me nothing other than like, maybe you'll play next year. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Let's just get this over with. And I get in there and he's laughing. He's like, you're really good at that PA system, man. And fuck like, that. I know. That's the first thing he says to me. And I'm like, great. Here we go. He's going to ask me to do it again for another year and just be like the team fucking mascot. Right. So he's like laughing. He's like, but you got to give that shit up. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I absolutely love you. He's like, I know you hate me, but he was like, I was testing you the whole time. I could see every time at practice, the way you looked at me, you wanted to rip my fucking throat out. And I'm like, yeah, you're kind of right. And then he was like, dude, you put on 30 pounds. You're the hardest worker in the weight room. Like, he's like, you're not the biggest guy on the team, but you put on so much weight. He's like, you came in here 165 soaking wet. Now you're 195, 200. He's like, your arms progressed because the other thing was during the biggest test that got the guys to hate me was we'd have intra squads, which is just like our own team scrimmaging each other. And this was over the spring when we would scrimmage each other. That was guys who weren't playing. That was their time to get in and show like, okay, I got it. Like I need some play time. Right. They would only sub out one outfielder and our outfielder they would sub out was Johnny Butler who played at North Carolina State, and now he's playing pro ball. Wow. And he's sick. That's the best player I've ever played with, wow. I, I believe. Um, but they would sub him out in center field. Do you think they're putting any of the eligible people that aren't red shirts in there? Right. No, they're putting Brian Thiel in <laughs> the red shirt, that it does not matter if he gets in that scrimmage or not. So I'd get in there. like. So they did put you in? They would put me in over guys that were eligible to play that were not red shirts. So it was just because the coach liked you? Not because he liked me. I I have no idea why they would put me in. But they put me in, I'd like... He wanted to see you play. Yeah, yeah clearly. I'd, I'd, I'd ball out a little bit, and then my arm got really good, and I was back up to where I should have been. Uh, so at, what was your top speed? What, could you break 100 ever? Less it, oh, for throwing? Yeah. Absolutely not. The fastest I was recorded at was on a... It was like a track man or hit tracks or something. I picked up one of my throws at one of the schools we were playing at. Um, but it was 95 and I was like, Damn. where did that come from? Because every time I get in front of a gun, I get shy, dude. And I like, will touch 90 and I won't break past that at all. And they're like, yeah, I picked up 95. I was like, misread and didn't happen. I didn't right. do that. No but way. obviously in game, like adrenaline thrown from the outfield. Totally. I was like, yeah, man, that kind of did look like 95, but I don't think I'll ever be able to do that again. Um, but no, I had a good arm until I injured it again, which we'll get to later. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the same exact injury. Um, but that exit meeting, he's like, yeah, man, you're going to hit over 10 home runs for me, I think. You're going to steal over 25 bases, this, this, that, 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 this, and you're going to play center field for me next year. Fuck yeah. 
And I'm like sitting there rock hard. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm so happy right now. I'm ecstatic. Like I'm going to be the center fielder of Heartland Community College next year. And I'm going to go D1 now. Dreams back on track. Anxiety disorder out the window. I'm on cloud nine. I'm like, this is awesome. It happened. I go to Virginia to play summer ball. Halfway through summer ball, head coach texts me. Hey, man, uh, you know, I took this uh, coaching job over at, uh, I think he went to Xavier. And I was like, motherfucker, I'm going to have to go through the same process for another year in front of a new coach. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, they're going through the co- like hiring process. And I was like, you know what? Like, I can't be resentful. Like, if he was a head coach, I know my position's like solidified. All I have to do is play good to keep that position. You know, don't be complacent. Like, you worked hard. It got you there. No, like, keep working hard. Keep progressing. And as soon as I find out who our new head coach is, it was our assistant coach from our pre- previous year. Okay. Which, not bad, right? No, not bad at all. He was a really good dude. Um, he was a good coach. He took him pretty far uh, the three years. I think it was three years he coached there until he moved on. He's over at Iowa now um, coaching there, which is good for him as well. Um, but I was I get there, and I'm just like, he probably doesn't feel the same way as Furlong. Like, that was our head coach. I was like, he doesn't feel the same way as that guy. There's no way he does because I was a red shirt. And he was, he was one of those uh, – he was a player's coach, so he was like boys with a bunch of the players, like – he could be seen like obviously as a head coach, um, but also as a friend. Right. Which I didn't like that as much. Like nothing against him, but I didn't like that as much because I always like being scared shitless of my head coach. <laughs> Just because it's like you play with that extra yeah. edge. If you mess up, you know you're going to be taken out. Totally. You know? So for lacrosse, we had this one guy who was the Barlow coach for my first two years, I think. Um, and he was a hard ass. He was like, he would scream at us, make us run all the time, yeah. right? He was, he was like a dick. Good coach. <laughs> and I, I did like that. Like you said, he was, he was the boss. He wasn't our buddy. You know, like he, he would make us work. And then the guys a year younger than us were actually really good. Yeah. And because of that, their parents didn't like the head coach because he was too mean to their kids. Uh. And they, they got him fired and they got this new guy coach Kyle who was actually a great coach and mm-hmm. they ended up winning state with this guy and everything and it, mm-hmm. it, it paid off but I was always like that's not how this works like mm-hmm. you need to have the, the mean guy you can't just yeah. like, change him out because you don't like him I don't know I just don't like you that. need you need that authoritative figure um yeah. for sure especially that I mean that's how I grew up on baseball too is like your dad you said right yeah you don't want your coach to be your best friend you want to be you want it to be that guy that's kind of gonna come out there and motherfuck you if you mess up sure you know? but um, the assistant coach I guess is kind of more buddies I would say like yeah that he was, level I mean bit. he was still an authoritative figure um like he as he grew there uh and like because it's a two-year school so guys are out of there after two years maybe three if they red shirt um so he didn't have like the year that I was there the year after that is more so when it became okay I'm a true head coach now you know not saying he wasn't because while they were there or while he was there the first year they didn't they had a really nasty squad and I wanted to stay there just because I knew they were going to go really far but they got knocked out pretty early in the playoffs just because Parkland this one school over by they're right next to um, U of I like that's the school they're right next to Champaign yeah um they were gross, gross that year. And they're also a renowned school. They have a bunch of nasty guys that come out of that school. Um, but 
I had the, I had a good start to my fall. Like I was like, okay, it doesn't matter that there's a coaching change. You know, the coaches, all you got to do is like, do what you got to do, get your position. I was playing good at the start. Um, like our very first scrimmage, I was lead off. It was the very first pitch. I had a absolute missile that just left the yard. And I, the pitcher that was throwing was this freshman that was like pretty good. He was like low nineties. And as soon as I hit it, it was gone. And I didn't even run the bases. I just walked out of the box yeah. and I just walked back to the dugout. And I looked at him. I was like, welcome to fucking college. <laughs> like trying to build up this persona around me, but I was still kind of treated like a shit on. Cause I was a red shirt the previous year. And they're like right. still guys fighting for positions that didn't red shirt last year. So it was going to be their actual last year there. Yeah. And they didn't like, right, so you get extra time. Mm -hmm. Right. So okay. they didn't like me as much. Cause I like started being like, and I can agree to it. Like I started being a little cocky because I was like, okay, like fake it till you make it basically. Totally. Cause I had no college experience at this point. I was like, I haven't played baseball other than summer ball. I played pretty well there. I had like 400 with a couple bombs and I was like, okay, this is going to be sick. Like you're going to come in hot. It's going to be awesome. And then I started to cool off, started to get a little mental and my arm started like getting weak again. It wasn't hurt, but I was not throwing hard anymore. And I was like, what the hell do I have to do? Like, why is my velocity down? Why am I not hitting anymore? <clears throat> and we had this one game. We always play D1 school over the fall. And we were playing Purdue on their senior day over the fall. So we go to Purdue, and they send the lineup the night before. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be in the lineup. I don't care where I hit. Just, like, let me be in this lineup because this is when I was starting to struggle a little bit. I'm not in the lineup. And I'm like, dude, this is going to suck. Like, I hate everything about this. Um I think we played like 14 innings straight instead of doing a doubleheader, two seven-inning games. We just played 14 innings straight, started like subbing guys in, getting new arms out there. But <laughs> I finally get put in in like the ninth inning, and I'm like, dude, I don't even want to be here anymore. It's cold. Like, I'm not doing anything. The guy they just put on the mountains throwing 97 from the left fucking side. Like, what am I going to be able to do against this? Like, this is my first year of college, like real college baseball, and I'm playing Purdue, and they're nasty this year. Right. So I first go out to the field before my at-bat, and I rob a home run. And the guys in the bullpen, because I was playing left field right in front of Purdue's home bullpen, so oh, yeah. all their guys are out there. They're like, dude, that was a nasty fucking catch. Good catch, good catch. And nice. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'm leading off next inning. Like, this will be sick. I'll go in there with some of that momentum. Totally. And baseball is very mental, right? There's like mental coaches and stuff for this, right? Dude, baseball – you could be the worst athlete on the planet and the best baseball player in the world. Gotcha. Dude, because if you haven't mentally, you could have a terrible swing. If you haven't mentally figured out that you're going to hit the ball every single time, right? you're going to be pretty good. Wow. Like, And a lot of people will be like, oh, that's not true. You got to do this, this, and that, 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 and this. Dude, I knew people that sucked that were the best baseball players <laughs> on the team. Dude, they had no physical ability, but they could just hit. Right. Like, There's no mental hang-up. You're not getting in no, your head about it. Dude, they're just sitting there. They have it figured out mentally. And I'm like, what are you seeing up there? The and that ball? is the thing with, with baseball players. There's kind of that cocky douchebag kind of vibe. Oh, absolutely, but, dude. But again, you kind of need that, like... You have to, like you said, fake it till you make it. You are the guy. You are the guy that's going to hit the home run. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I will say that baseball players think the world revolves around them. Totally, <laughs> dude. It like, and I thought the world revolved around me too while I was playing, dude. I was like, yeah. oh, like I'm a fucking baseball player. Like, bow down. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, definitely. But I mean, obviously, there's guys to an even greater extent to that than me because yeah. I like to believe I'm a pretty humble person, and 
I don't like to see myself above others, right? Yeah. Just because I like, I put, and other people can do a test to it too. I'll put others before I put myself, you know, just because I'd rather see someone else succeed before I see myself succeed, which could be bad, right? <laughs> but you seem like, like a nice guy. I'm not yeah. trying to say you're kind of no, or yeah. Nothing. I like to see other people elevate because it makes me feel better seeing them doing well than myself because I like to be a people person. Um, but <laughs> So you make a nasty catch, you're yeah. up at bat. Yep, and then I come back up to bat, and I hit, like, this dribbler to shortstop, and I beat it out, so it's an infield single. I'm like, okay. God, that looks like garbage. And then I steal a base. I'm like, okay, we're doing pretty good. Right, right. And I hear the Purdue coach from uh, the dugout <laughs> – when I'm coming up to my next at bat, he just goes, red runner. You don't want to hear that. When you hear red runner, that means you're fucking slow. And I'm like, I just had an infield single and stole off your fucking seniors, dude. Like, what do you mean I'm slow, you dick? <laughs> but I heard that and I was like, wow, yeah, this sucks. So the year progressed on and I was like getting more and more pissed. Uh, I had my fall exit interview with the coach. He's like, yeah, I don't know where we're going to put you. You might be our eight hitter. Like, get time here and there and that's not what I wanted to fucking hear obviously right and I wanted to fight for a position but at the same time I'm sitting there I'm like the world's against me right now and I didn't talk to anybody about this this was a personal decision I just woke up one morning went to class and I was like fuck this so I text my head coach I'm like hey can I meet with you he's like yeah and I was like all right oh and prior to this this is when I committed to a school Northwestern Ohio, the school I actually eventually went to after junior college, I committed to them. And then I was like, I don't want to be committed to the school because I, you have this whole ego thing when you're in JUCO. You got to go D1. If you don't go D1, you suck. Right. So I committed to them and I was like, why did I do that? And <laughs> I'm like, screw this. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go to do to a different JUCO. So I meet with that coach. And I'm like, hey, I quit. I'm sorry. Like, I know I'm not going to get as much play time. This is that. And he's like, well, you're absolutely wrong because that's not what's going to happen. And I'm like, well, I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to quit. I'm going to transfer. He's like, all right, it's on you, man, whatever. And then I didn't tell anyone that I had that meeting with him either. So I don't show up to practice. He walks into practice or he walked into study tables because we already had practice earlier that day. Uh, we would do two a day practices. So he walks into study tables, which everyone goes to. Uh, to do homework for like an hour. Right. And he's like, well, he tells one of the players, he's like, well, you better, you better be good in center field. And he's like, why? He's like, deal just fucking quit. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? Yeah. So I got everyone texting me, what the fuck, what the fuck? And Damn. I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I don't know an explanation to anyone other than the people I care about. So obviously there's guys talking shit about me and stuff and I'm still there for three more weeks. Oh, right? Because I quit early. Brutal. Um. I'm still there for three more weeks, so guys are talking shit. And my boy, Billy Moe, shout out to him. He uh, transferred to Heartland from Baylor uh, and then ended up going to Creighton and then playing at Southeastern University. But he was one of the guys that made me consider staying there because he was awesome, dude. His dad was awesome. His whole family, like, took me in and everything. Um, he had he lived over there, so we would he had this uh, facility with like batting cages in and stuff. It was so sick. Wow. So we'd go there, like instead of going to like our facility at the school, we'd go there and just like hit, listen to music there. Like his dad would throw us BP and stuff. It was awesome. That's great. But he pulls me aside and he's like, yo, what the fuck? He's like, I don't want to be here if you're not here. Like we need you to be here. Like you're like a key asset to the team. I'm like, that's just not true. Like that's not how the coaches feel. If 
I'm in this place mentally, I'm not going to be good. Like I already went down this road before and their parents are talking to me like, you can't leave. Why are you leaving? Blah, blah, blah. This is that. And I was like, all right, I'll think about staying now. Jeez. Right. So I'm pretty sure one of them talked to our AD cause our AD was involved in the process. That's another story too. That's awesome. Cause he almost didn't release my uh, scholarship for me to transfer, which, oh my which would have boned me. Um, but they're like, yeah, we'll take him back. And then they talked to our head coach. He's like, absolutely not. I won't have him on my team if he wants to quit. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, there's like communication here. That's like not translating. There's miscommunication somewhere. So I'm just going to say, screw it. Um, but jumping back to that conversation with my AD, this was the most pissed I've ever been in my entire life. This guy. So right when I say I quit. So I was on scholarship that year. For you to transfer, you have to be released from your scholarship and the athletic director has to sign off on it. I'm like, oh my fucking God. So <laughs> I email him because... Our head coach is like, you have to email AD, and then once he responds to you, you have to go meet with him to get him to release your scholarship so you can transfer. And I was like, okay. And the head coach was sick about it, too, because he was like, yeah. Like, he was helping me out through the process. He's like, if you need help finding a place, let me know. I was like, okay, thank you, but I already got a place. Um, so I email him. He's like, okay, come meet me at this time in my office. And I'm like, okay. I get there. I knock on the door. He, we had a meeting scheduled for this specific time on this specific day. I knock on the door. He goes, who is it? And I say, Bryant. Bryant who? And I met with this guy over a hundred times, dude. He knows who I am. He knows my mom's name. He knows my dad by first name. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, motherfucker. Like, are you serious right now? I'm like, Bryant deal. Oh. All right. Come on in. And then I walk in and he knows because I, in the email specific, I was like, this is for my scholarship release. Right. I sit down. What can I help you with today? What a fucking day. <laughs> Dude, I was so pissed. That's crazy. I was so pissed. And I'm sitting there. I was like, can you release my scholarship? And he's like, no, why the fuck would I do that for you? And I'm sitting there. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm sitting there. And he's like screaming at me at the top of his lungs in his office about like, me transferring. Why does he give a shit this much? And he's like, we scollied you up. We gave you a scholarship. We got you your scholarship at your next school you're going to be going to after JUCO. I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, time out. I don't even know if I'm going to go to that fucking school because I'm probably going to decommit from there too. And he's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, because I didn't even want to go there. I didn't get enough playing time this fall. Like, this is the only school that reached out to me at all. And I was like, I thought I had no other option. So I just pulled trigger early and committed. And he's like, this is that screaming at me. Well, I can't release you to have you go to another school that might beat us because you'll contribute to beating us. And I'm like, bro, it is not that deep. That one school I go to isn't going to make or break your season if we fucking beat you, you know? Right, right of course. So. Also, wait, you're going to put the team on your back just to beat yeah, them? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, just, just to ruin your season, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and. So I'm like sitting there and then I start getting a little emotional because at the time my mom had cancer too. And a big part of it was like, I was dealing with that and I was oh like, gosh, I want to, so no, it's all good. She's doing great now. Um, 
But I wanted to go home and I wanted to be close to her because I was like, I don't know how bad it is. I don't know how serious this is because it was melanoma. I know like Jeez. she wasn't doing chemotherapy or anything, which I was happy about, but she was still doing treatment. I was like, I don't know how bad this could be. You know, I've never dealt with a family member having cancer other than like my grandparents. Right. And you just you assume like when you're growing up, you're like, oh, like grandma gets cancer. Grandpa gets cancer. Like it just happens. You right, know, right. Your mom. So, yeah, it's my yeah, mom. now, and I'm like. Yeah now I'm not a stupid fucking toddler and I understand things in the world. And I'm like pouring my heart out to this guy that doesn't know, like, I don't know a fucking explanation to. And I'm like crying and shit. And I'm like, dude, like I just need to go home. I need to be close to home or like, I need to get out of here. I'm just not right in the right head space. This is too far from home for me. Cause it was like, I mean, realistically it wasn't, but I had a beater car. So a couple I hours. Yeah. It was like two, three hours. And I was like, I just can't get home from here. Like as right. much as I want to. Because if I do, I'm not. I'm gonna be out of a car then. Right? right. We're paying for cancer treatments right now. Right. Um, You're gonna burn through the shitty car you have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, he's like starting to calm down now because he's like, "Oh fuck, this is actually serious. It's not right. just him wanting to be out. There's, it's deeper than him just wanting to play baseball." Yeah. And he's like, still yelling at me, and she's like, I don't know, man. Like, I'll think about it. I'll think about releasing your scholarship. And I'm like, you're not gonna fucking think about shit. You're gonna fucking release it, you know. So he ends up like calling me later that night, and he's like, Hey, like I thought about it. I'll release it, um, but we'll take you back open arms. Like I know this is tough. Blah blah blah. I'm sitting there like, Fuck yeah, I get to go to where I want. And I'm calling all my buddies at different JUCOs at this point already. And I called. Uh, do you know Jack Watkins? He was, uh, he was a year younger than us, Okay, uh, but I called Jack Watkins because he was at Triton, which is over in uh, River Forest or River Grove, whichever one, right next to each other. Um, but that's like 40, 30 minutes away from my house. Yeah. And I'm like, Triton's sick, dude. Like, Kirby Puckett went there. That's dope. I'll go play at Triton. And I was talking to him. I was like, yo, give me your head coach's number. I'll call him right now. And then during winter break, I went on a visit and everything. And they sold me on that place. Excuse me, sorry. They took me in. No burping at <laughs> all. <laughs> they took me in open arms and like I immediately fell in love with that place. I was like, yeah, this is where I'm going to go. It's kind of in the city, right? You yeah, it's a, it's uh, it's not too far from Chicago. It's like 15, 10 minutes away. Um, but yeah, so that was down to Heartland. Like I loved the guys there. I loved the clowns. I didn't love the circus, you know. Yeah. But it, and it was, it ha it was the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, because as soon as I got there, all the guys were like, oh, this is a Heartland dude. Literally, you know, I was a piece of shit that didn't do anything yet in college baseball, but they, right. but they looked at me like I was some like good baseball player. And I was like, this is exact, exactly what I needed. Like I needed to have this like persona on a team where guys want to elevate me and like promote me, you know, not guys that are like looking for you to fall down every single time you stand up. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, that uh, that was the biggest change, going from like a pretty toxic guys trying to like get each other in trouble just to have a position kind of deal, um, and not speaking down on that team because those guys were they were still great guys. Um, but it was I mean, cutthroat. It was there's yeah, yeah there's there's serious. bad apples in the batch obviously, but that's everywhere you go with everything in life. There's always going to be someone that's like messed up in that sense. Um, but as soon as I got to Triton, I had the best time of my life, dude. Good for you. Like when we first got there, so I transferred over the winter. Can I take a piss? I'm sorry, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's take All a right. break for a second. Yeah. Sorry. All good. All right. All right.
Back to it. Back to it. All right. So first, so we're, we're, we're sipping on transfusions. I was telling him it's got my algorithm, this, this cocktail. It's grape juice, lime juice, uh, ginger ale, and vodka. And it's beautiful. It's incredible. It's so, so drinkable. Dwight D. Eisenhower, the president, claimed that he invented this drink, but I don't know if that's actually true or not. Actually? This was his favorite drink, you said. <laughs> Anyways, it's purple. And it's fun. Yeah. So back back to the tail. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, going over into Triton. Uh, when I first got there, I met a kid I consider a brother to this day, and that kid is such a dipshit, but I love him to death. <laughs> um, no, he's a good dude. He's figuring it out, and he's getting everything. He's getting everything squared off of himself right now. But uh, <laughs> he's actually just texting me too. Um, so yeah, I get there. Our first pra- I like move in. I'm with my buddies that I know from high school. So this kid from St. Charles East, I knew him and. Jack Watkins, obviously. Um, so I'm living with them. It's sick. I'm like, this is like just awesome. Like, this is so cool. Like, I'm with people I know from high school. Uh, we're having fun. First practice comes up, and this kid, Mitch Hunley, that's the kid I was talking about, <laughs> dude. He, his, first off, his grandfather is on the all time Cubs for cat, for the catcher. Whoa. He played for the 69 Cubs, the, the, fuck? the closest they made it to winning the World Series besides the 2016. Crazy. And then his uncle is Todd Hunley, who played for multiple different MLB teams during the steroid era, and he hit bombs. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else, but yeah. he hit bombs. Yeah, he hit bombs. That's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I meet this kid, Mitch, when I first get there. Because they told me to, because I wasn't able to get any scholarship at Triton because obviously I was transferring in for the spring. Um, and I was like, all right, whatever, dude. Like, it's not that expensive. Like, I'll pay for it. Um, I just want to play somewhere where I'm happy. I'm close to home so I can see my mom whenever I want, you know. And I meet this kid and they're like talking about him. They're like, yeah, we got a kid that's going to get drafted. Like after one year, he, he graduated high school early. So he was a senior in high school still playing as a freshman in college, transferring in during oh. the spring. And I was like expecting to see Jose Canseco walk in through sure. the doors for practice. And I see this kid, Mitch Hunley. And he, he'd laugh about it too. If, like, cause he'd say the same thing about himself. He was through and through a five, seven high schooler. And I was like, this is the kid that took the fucking scholarship that I couldn't get. Damn. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck who this kid is, bro. Like, this is bullshit. And, <laughs> dude, we hate each other immediately. Because I'm, like, pissed at him for, like, taking the scholarship and just being who he is. And I'm like, this kid's just getting everything fucking handed to him. Little to find out, like, that kid's never been really handed any like anything with baseball because. That's how it always goes, right? Yeah. You, you hate somebody for something that's not even true. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And like, we're like, I'm being a dick to this kid, like through and through, just like big dog. And I'm like, oh, like this is my second year of college and you're just a fucking high schooler, you know? And first practice goes good, whatever. Um, it was cool. It was indoor practice because it's still winter. So it's as good as indoor practice could get. Um, <clears throat> I go back to the apartment and I see this little dickhead walk through my door. <laughs> He's like, got all this stuff. And I'm like, fuck no. What are you doing, buddy? 
And he's like, oh, I live here. And I'm like, well, no, the fuck you don't. We already have five kids in this little shoe box. What do you mean we, were, we live here? He's like, yeah, I live in that room. And I was like, that's my fucking room. Oh, my God. Dude, I was so mad. What happened? Who let that happen? The assistant coach lined this up. Oh, my and God. And I called him immediately. I was like, you're letting this kid live here? He's like, yeah, he's going to be your roommate. And I'm like, why, why would you think that's a good idea? I don't like him. He took the scholarship. And he was like, oh, you guys will get along fine. That's fucking hilarious. And he was right. That's the only thing he's ever been right about, that assistant coach. I won't say his name, but <laughs> <laughs> I will never. I, like, I'm probably going to throw dirt on him, and that's the only person I'll throw dirt on in this podcast. <laughs> that guy is a jerk off. <laughs> like, that guy is a dick. He spoke out of his ass more times than I could count. Um, but I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. Like, that's cool. Like, go ahead. Like, you're going to live here with me. I met his mom for the first time. I love that lady to death. She's like, I always say she's my second mom because I still see him all the time. I'm always at their apartment. Um, but she's awesome. She's an incredible lady. Um, and Mitch, too. He's an incredible guy. He's a good dude. He's just makes me mad sometimes with the decisions he makes, you know, like all friends. Um, of course. But he puts his, he didn't even have a bed. He had a topper, like that little foam thing. And he just throws it down in the middle Ooh. of the room. And I like my bed was on the floor too, but I had a bed and he just throws his topper on the ground and I'm like, dude, are you like white trash or something? Like what the fuck is going on with you? <laughs> so he's like, sorry, I cut the mic out. <laughs> he's putting all his stuff down and I'm like, all right, cool. Whatever. That's th this is fine. Like I'll, I'll get over it. Like maybe, maybe he's a really cool guy. First night he's like all settled in now. We're playing Fortnite or something on the big screen in the sure. living room. Yeah, because this is like what 2020? 2019. Yeah, 19, so okay. this it was still prime, dude. And like Apex Legends and all that just came out too. So totally. we're just ripping all that. You're a pretty big gamer, right? Or? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I love video games. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> he's hysterically laughing in the room on his own, and I'm like, the hell! I tell this story so many times. Whenever people ask about how we became friends, he's hysterically laughing. At his phone, and I like peek in. I'm like, "Hey, man, I want to laugh. What's so funny?" And he's like, "Come watch this video. Come watch this video." So I go and I watch the video with him, and it's this guy getting caught in a meat grinder. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! It's like on CCTV too, so you see everything. Fuck! And it's just a guy getting caught in a meat. He starts hysterically laughing, and I'm like, "The fuck is wrong right. with you, this guy's <laughs> dude? Are you serious right now?" <laughs> And he's like laughing about it. He's like, dude, come on. That's hilarious, dude. That's, that's so funny. He's like, okay, watch this one. Watch this one. No, no, no. No, his leg got stuck in the grinder. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I clearly fucking saw that, dude. <laughs> so he goes in again and he's like, look at this one. This one's even funnier. And I'm like, this kid's diabolical. Like, he's not just a bad person. He's insane. He's a serial killer. Murder videos. Yeah. And it's this video on, it's like an iPhone on like a stand in a car like on the dashboard okay and these people are waving a, this girl's in the back seat waving a gun around and the guy in the front seat in the passenger seat he's like hey stop doing that and then she pulls the trigger and it's just right in front of the phone like you see the fucking gun go off and it shoot him right in the head fuck and he like leans over on the window you see blood spilling out of the side of his that, head yeah. and he's just like uh because all the air's coming out of his lungs and oh he's hysterically God. laughing again God. and i'm like sitting there like mortified because i this was before instagram had reels totally like and this was not on my algorithm right and i'm sitting there and i'm like dude i've never seen anything like this before you're crazy right and, like, I, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, fake laughing. Yeah, that one's kind of funny. Also, he's, like, the young kids. So yeah, yeah, You don't yeah. want to, like, not be cool or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 
So I like peeked my head out of the room in the living room and I was like talking to, talking to Jack and Drew, uh, Drew Khan, the kid that went to St. Charles East. And I look at him and I was like, guys, we got to sleep with our fucking eyes open. Seriously. And he's like, and they're like, why? And I was like, this kid's a murderer. <laughs> they're like, they're like, what? No, I like go out there and tell them about it. They're like, dude, that's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a weird thing to do. After that, right. Some way, somehow me and that kid became inseparable <laughs> and I like came to learn about this kid. He like, sorry, he would start pouring out to me and I came out to find like, Oh, this kid doesn't pour out to people. Like oh, well. he's a very like stoic person that'll like bury shit that you'll never know about <clears throat> or I'll even know about. Cause he tells me everything I like to think he tells me everything. Right. Um, but that's how I met my best friend. <laughs> and, uh, we, he had this, we called it Big Red. He had this uh, truck. It was like a 1990 square body Ford. It was sick. Fuck yeah. Um, but we would be everywhere in that thing. If he was in it, I was in it, you know. Fuck yeah. Um, so where was he from? Out in like He was from Palatine. Yeah, he went to oh, Fremd. interesting. He went to Fremd High School. So he wasn't like a country. No, well, still was country as shit. Right. Um, because he has a bunch of family that's out doing country stuff. He's big country, dude. Like, he's blue collar. He... Loves guns, all that stuff. Fuck yeah. If America, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so he made my experience at Triton that much better because, and along with everyone there, you know, right. but that kid was the one that consolidated me because he had his foot in the door for pro ball. You know? No shit. That's Not like right. I'm riding his coattail or nothing. But still. But he would like tell me stories and stuff about like with scouts and stuff. And I'm like, okay, so this is what I need to do. Just like picking his brain apart with it. He's like, yeah, totally. dude. And then I meet Randy, Randy Hunley, his grandpa, and the ex MLB player. Uh huh. And that was to me, I'm starstruck because I'm like, oh, I'm doing this. And the Cubs, 2016 Cubs, actually gave him a World Series ring too. No shit. So he would wear that thing everywhere. And it was, I bet he dude, did. It was huge. It was so sick. But it like felt like a family when I was at Triton. Like I could go to anyone, and they'd have my back. You know, no one would throw me under a bus for anything. If I got in jail, they'd all pitch in to no get me out of jail. Not saying I ever have been, because I have not. I'm not a felon. I get what uh, you're saying. <laughs> you know. Not like our last guest. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, I listened to that. <laughs> that was crazy, dude. That was a good podcast, though. Um, Check it out, Joey Silvey. Oh, yeah, Joey Silvey. That was a great podcast. Ray Schremer, shout out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, I they meet Randy. Family. Right, right, Yeah, right. I meet Randy. And Randy's like coaching me how to hit and stuff because I went into a little bit of a slump that uh, season because our head coach came out to me. I hit like four home runs in a week. And one of them was like blew up pretty big on social media. It was a walk-off home run. Fuck yeah. Yeah, which a lot of... Send me that video. I will. But a lot of like scouts came out to watch me after that video was posted because they're like, holy shit. Because I like when I hit it, I don't even like walk. I like... <laughs> I'm walking backwards and then I walk like all the way, almost all the way to first base because it was a <laughs> chirpy game too. But like, aside from that, I meet Randy cause I'm struggling <laughs> after all of that happens. Right. And his mom, she started like coaching me up and stuff. And I was like, the fuck does she know about baseball? Right. And then she started telling me things. I was like, she knows more than I fucking do. <laughs> Dude. And like, she helped me out. And then Randy started coming to games and stuff, getting involved with Mitch again. Um, but he's like coaching me up he's like dude you don't and he's like this big country dude that like he doesn't cuss he says 
Bloomin' and Kiss My Hillbilly Fanny. Like, when he needs to say the F word, he says Bloomin'. He's like, you bloomin' kidding me, son? Like, that's literally what he sounds like. It's awesome. Um, but he's like, shakes my hand, everything, gives me, like, a hitting lesson and everything. He's like, this was before a game. He's like, you don't need to do anything other than pull a ball, dude. You got power out the ass. And I was like, thanks, Randy. That right. means a lot to me. I'm sure. So that game, I hit another home run. And I'm like, Fuck yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my coach pulls me into the shed. We had the shed right outside of our field. That was a pretty big stadium, too. That place was sick. That place was, uh, I mean, they donated so much money. Kirby Puckett donated money for that stadium to be built. It was all turf. It was dope. Really cool. But they pull me into the shed. My head coach goes, if you don't hit the ball the other way, like talking about opposite field, because that's like a big thing you need to utilize in baseball right. is hitting the ball. That's what he said, pull the ball, right? Yeah. He was like, if you pull the ball one more time, I'm going to bench you for the rest of the year. What the fuck? And I'm sitting there like, dude, I just went three for fucking four with two doubles. Yeah. And I had like five RBIs. Like, what do you, what do you, and I hit a home run. Like, what are you talking about? And then he was like, yeah, if you do it one more time, I'm benching you. And I was like, okay, what the fuck? So that game, I'm trying to hit the ball the other way. I pulled two balls in a row. I hit a triple and a double. And then I hit the triple on my second at bat, and I get to third. And, like, you can tell I'm pissed. He's like, what are you mad about? The head coach is our third base coach. What are you mad about? You said you are going to bench me if I pulled the ball. Yeah. You just hit a triple. And I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do? What are you telling me? I'm performing, but I can't, I can't do it, but I can do it? Like, what do you mean? So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, don't pull the ball. So I'm, like, pulling back my swing a little bit, and that's when I was hot again. And I couldn't hit a home run to save my life. Like, I was like, Four home runs in a week. I was like, I'm going to hit 25 jacks this year. Hit five that year. And I was like, oh, whatever. But I had a bunch of doubles. I had over like 370 or something. So it was good. It was a good year. Right. And a bunch of college coaches were So you were just got in your head, you think? Yeah, because I didn't want to pull the ball. Right. I was still going to do it because that was my swing, but I didn't want to pull the ball, so I wasn't swinging as hard trying to hit the ball out of the park. Um, but I decommitted from that Northwestern Ohio school that I committed to at Heartland, right? right. Like halfway through the season because after that walk-off video um, – there was like five college coaches that just came that were in the area because uh, they were playing someone around there just to watch me take batting practice at practice. And I was like, oh, this is sick. Like, there's hype about me now. Totally. Like, I'm going to go somewhere good. I'm going to go power five. I'm going to go to an SEC. I'm going to be good. Right. And remember that assistant coach that I said was a, like just idiot? Right. There was a couple mid-majors there. And a mid-major is like a Valparaiso uh what else like uh, indiana state like those kind of d1s that aren't like big for like renowned schools so you would call them a mid-major right okay <clears throat> so there's like three power fives there and there's two mid-majors and he goes up to the mid-majors and he's like he's too good like he's not gonna go to your school and he told that to valparaiso the school <laughs> kevin was currently right, right. at valpo yeah so what a weird thing to do what a, and that's like the one rule don't turn schools down. It could be the worst school in the world. Of course. You talk to them. Yeah. Right? Because coaches talk. College coaches always talk to each other. Because they're going to be like, hey, you talk to this guy. What do you think of him? Right. Oh, he's a dick. Right? And that word travels fast. You know, faster than you would ever think. And people are like, oh, that doesn't happen. No, it fucking happened. Right? right. So, Kevin Barry messages me. He texts me. He's like, so you're too good for Valpo? Question mark. Oh, my God. And I'm sitting there, like, right after practice, and I'm like, fuck do you mean I'm too good for Valpo, dude? I'm in a Juco. I'm not too good for anything. I could I could go play, like, in the worst league for the worst D3 or NAI ever known to man. Right. Like, I'd be appreciative, you know, because 
at this point, I'm like, I don't care where I play. I just want to play. I think I'm good enough to go D1 now. Like, and I'm putting up stats that are good enough for D1. This is going to be awesome. And he texted me that, and I was like, my stomach, like, I'm going to shit it out. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, my coach just told me you said that. And I was like, can you tell your coach for me, or can you ask your coach for me, who said that? And he's like, oh, you're assistant coach. I'm like, are you serious? So I call my assistant coach. I'm like, hey, what the fuck did you tell Valpo? And he's like, oh, just that, like, you wouldn't want to go there because you're keeping your options open. I'm like, well, that's bullshit because a kid on the team just told me that the coach said I'm too good to go there. And he's like, oh, well, I did say that, like, and I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, you're such an asshole. Um, what a dick. But <laughs> yeah, dude. So I go and tell Kevin, I'm like, hey, tell your coach I'm interested. Because I would never say that about a school. And if Valpo did give me an offer, I'd look at it and I'd be like, okay, I'd consider it. You of know? course. But the money's got to be right because I'm broke as shit. <laughs> you know? Right. So, like, anywhere I was going to go, I was going to take whatever offer was the greatest. Like, whatever offer, if there was a full ride, I'm taking that full ride. Right. Like Whatever's that. the cheapest. You yeah. know, I'm not turning it down. I don't want to come out of school with student debt, which I did come out of school with student debt <laughs> just because of fucking Triton and Heartland. I came out with like 30, which I was pissed, dude. Because I didn't not check. not that bad. You could have no, no. way worse. Oh, yeah, I know. And it wasn't bad. Like, what I'm looking at, I'm like, oh, that's not bad at all, you know? But at the same time, I'm like, it's $1,000 at it, and only $200 came off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that gets all squared off, and then Valpo's looking at me again. I think they never talked to me, just probably because of that one point. Um, but that year goes great. I'm excited. I'm like, okay, I decommitted from that Northwestern Ohio school uh, midway through the season because I knew D1s were looking at me now. And I was like, okay, I want to go to a school that I like for a lot of money. <clears throat> so that year ends. I play summer ball, like local in the Midwest Collegiate League, which I don't even give a shit if the commissioner of that league or the owner of that league ever heard this. That league fucking sucks. <laughs> Dude, that is the biggest, scummiest league I've ever played for in my entire life. And I did it for three years because I just wanted to be local, especially with Rachel being home for the summer too. Right. But I was like, dude, this league. Your wonderful girlfriend. Oh, she's unbelievable. She's awesome. I love her. Um, but fuck that league. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like we, there is dudes in that league, right? <laughs> like you get occasional dudes in that league, but it was like kind of a shitter, like just local league for the best Illinois baseball out there when it was the shittiest Illinois baseball out there. It's just right. a couple D one dudes. Um, and it was summer ball. So you didn't really mind that much. Cause no, you're I just, just wanted, trying to keep active. Yeah. Right? I just wanted to get my reps in and it was local. So I'm like, okay, which local being like, we would go out to normal sometimes and I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. But <laughs> so dude, that actually, this will be a quick one. But when I played in that summer ball league, my coach, he was uh, he was a younger dude, uh, Matt Vitulli. He's awesome. I love that guy. Um, but during my first summer ball league, I played for him at, for the Joliet Generals. <laughs> Fuck yeah! And he would like bribe me to come to games because this is when I was working for Alec Woody um, oh, wow. over at Cantini. Hell yeah! So I was turf care, turf care. We're there at four a.m. Oh yeah, four a.m. to twelve. Nice and and early. dude. I would get back. We have a game in normal. I'm not getting back till 1 a.m. Yeah, fuck. I yeah. have two hours of sleep, and then I got to go rake up sand and bunkers and cut <laughs> greens. Like, who the fuck wants to do that? Nobody. Yeah. But I loved it because it was beautiful at Cantini. Of course. Um, but yeah, I'd be so able Alec's to, dad works for Cantini for years. And, yeah. Uh, Alec worked the summers. It sounds like you worked there for a summer or two. Yeah, or I, were, I worked there for one summer. Super nice golf course. Oh, yeah, dude. It's Which awesome. Which is where they also got married. We were, we were met at the wedding. That was the yeah. best. Yeah, that was a beautiful wedding. Um, 
So anyway, so your, your coach is bribing you to go to the games. Dude, he's like, up early. dude, and he lives in Bartlett. So he's like, this is when I lived in South Elgin too, over by Concord or whatever they call that place now. That's Concord. <laughs> dude, they like changed it to something. I don't even know. Okay. But he's like, bribe me. Dude, I fell asleep five times behind the wheel after uh-huh. that job. It's because I'd be there till 12. I'd be there like four to 12. And I made like nine fifty an hour, dude. That was the worst job of my yeah. life, dude. I, my checks would be like four hundred dollars, and I'd be working like regular, I don't know, like thirty five hour weeks or some shit. Totally. And, <laughs> dude. So he's bribing me to come to the games. He's like, "Hey, I'll pick you up. I'll get you this. I'll get you that. Like, get you a Gatorade. You know, <laughs> I'll drive you to the games, dude." And I'm sitting there. I'm like, "All right, man. I don't know." And there was this one day. We just got back. From, we had a game the next day, local in Joliet, but we had a game the night before all the way in normal. So it was like a two and a half hour drive there, two and a half hour drive back. I get home and I carpool. So I would drive because all my buddies lived like close, like because Mitch played for that team too. So I drop them off in Palatine. I drop them off over and uh, wherever over by Brookfield Zoo too. That's where we go Fuck first. That, dude. Yeah, dude, it sucked. And I get home at like two o'clock that night. For sure. I have to be up at like three right. to go all all the way out to Wheaton, and like you're working hard. It's not like you're just oh, this is labor, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it should not have been nine fifty an hour, the but it was nine fifty, dude. During the summer, and they made us wear these pants, yeah, dickies that nice. were super thick, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so I go to work. I'm driving home. I'm over in St. Charles by uh, that what is it, Springfield Mall, or what is that mall, Charlestown Mall, Charlestown Mall. I'm at that one intersection. Uh, that you go across right before you start like going past east, like the one just before that. That you were talking about, Kirk. In yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, sixty-four and Kirk. I'm guessing. I'm yeah. I'm right there. I'm sitting at the light. And I fall asleep. I was asleep for fifteen minutes. Whoa, dude! Someone came up to me. Thank God, my foot was on the brake the whole time. Oh my god, dude! Someone comes and is like knocking on my window, sees I'm passed out, and then like I roll down the window. They're like, "Are you drunk?" And I'm like. No, oh my God, I just Holy worked from shit. 4 a.m. to 12, like this, this, and that. They're like, get home safe, we'll follow you. So they followed me home, made sure I got home safe. They're they're really cool people, they're awesome. Whoa. But that was the worst one, because if I fell asleep at the wheel, like it would be for like maybe five seconds, that right. was 15 minutes. So, Dude, yeah, you could have just like let off the brake dude, a and I little got bit smoked. rolled into the intersection. I could have got smoked, I could have died that day. Oh my God. <clears throat> but my coach is texting me that day. He's like, hey, let me, uh, let me, and I'm like, absolutely not. Shows up to my house anyways. He's like, hey, just get in the fucking car. We're going to play baseball. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and I went four for four that day too. Damn, not bad. <laughs> but it was awesome. And that was the summer uh, we, when we went, out, we went out to normal and I, he drove me out that day too because it was a weekend game and I didn't have work that weekend. So I was like, whatever. Um, and Purdue was at that game and it was pissing out, dude. But Purdue's there. I had a home run in front of him. It was like nice. up an elevator shaft. It got so high, but it still got out. And I was like, oh, sweet. And then, I love all the verbiage you've been using. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's up an elevator. <laughs> Dude, and this guy texts me immediately after the game. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking Purdue. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> and nothing ever came of that, obviously. Um, but the next year, I was super excited uh, to go back to Triton. It was going to be awesome. I was like, okay, I'm going to start getting offers rolling over the fall. Because the fall is where you make your money, right? There, We play like 25 games. You go to all showcase tournaments and you're just all over the U.S. And you're making, you're in, there's this one tournament that is called, I think it's the Bullpen Series, 
It's over in Indiana. Um, and at this tournament, there's at least one representative from every single school in the U.S. for baseball, right? So you you have eyes on you regardless whether you like it or not. If you play like garbage, fine. That's what people are going to think. If you play good, awesome. And they had hit tracks on our field. I hit two balls over 103 miles an hour that day. Damn. Straight off the wall. And I went five for seven that day in our doubleheader. And that is the best you can do out there. Insane. Right? Two triples, and I had a bunch of doubles, right? And I was like, I'm getting picked up. I made a couple good plays in the outfield, and that's – I'll get back to the start of that too. Um, I hurt my arm. My arm was hurt during this time again. Um, But one of my buddies on the team, he was a freshman, he was like, dude, if Deal doesn't get money today, I'm quitting baseball. (laughs) And dude did quit baseball after that year, but it wasn't because of me not getting money that day. Um, But – just quick refresh. We did pull downs on our first day of practice, which is absolutely stupid with heavy balls, uh, regular balls and light balls, right? Just to get our velocities so we could start this throwing program they had planned out for us. I partially tear my UCL again, right? Um, also, that was an absolute joke. I went to the doctor and got like my checkup so they could write like the MRI, like give me into Loyola Hospital because um, I was right by our school. Cause they, you'd have to go see a doctor for them to even get you an MRI. They can't just be like, all right, here's an MRI, dude. I have never, I was pissed that day too. Almost equivalent to that AD conversation. So I'm getting my paperwork from this lady at the front desk. She's like, here, does this look right? Gives me my paperwork. They put Bria deal and said I was a female. Oh my God. I'm like, ah, this is like medical record. So this probably has to be exactly right. I also gave you my ID to scan. Why is my name B R I A? And I am also not a female, um, as you can tell. And this is when I had my beard down to like my chest and playoff beard. (laughs) Oh yeah. It it wasn't even playoffs yet, dude. I just had it down to my chest just cause uh, that's when I first started like growing my beard. I was like, how long can I grow it? You know? Um, but yeah, dude, I'm like, no, this has got to be fixed. And she gave me like fucking attitude about it. And I'm like, dude, this is for medical stuff. I could go like, if I have false records, I could go to jail or something. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. What if it doesn't go through or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Cause they're like, show us your ID. Oh, we can't give you your MRI because you're not a female and your name's also not Bria. Right. I'm like, okay, well talk to the fucking lady at the front desk. So she says she fixes it. Right. And then I go to Loyola for my appointment for my MRI and they call me out Bria. And I'm like, can you please fix this? Cause that degenerate didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And like, dude, I was so pissed. And they're like, we might not be able to take you. And I was like, can you please fix this? This is for me. I told him to fix it. I told him I'm not a female. Like I'm going to complain about that. That's ridiculous. They're like, all right, yeah, we'll fix it. Gave me my MRI. They're like, yeah, partial tear. And they're like, it's a little worse than the last one. And I'm like, great. So after that one, there was no surgery for the first one. There was no surgery for the first one. Partial tear. Yeah. so. So this time I was hanging on by a thread. Like they said, they're like, yeah, it's like almost gone. And I was like, so what do I do? And they're like, well, you take four months off of throwing and hope that it like has uh, like the cal- like calcium or something takes over and just like heals it or scar tissue, you know? And I'm like, am I going to throw hard? They're like, maybe. And you might tear it completely if you throw hard. And I'm like, oh my God, dude. So after that, I never threw hard again. Like the, I would top out at 88 and that was me throwing as hard as I possibly could. Jeez. And I was like, okay, screw this, whatever. So I barely threw over the fall, right? Cause that was the first day of the fall that we did that. Um, and anytime I would throw it, obviously wasn't good. Cause I was trying to preserve it. They're like, you can't, we can't tell scouts your arms hurt. And I was like, well, if they call me and ask me why my arm sucks, I'm going to tell them my fucking arms hurt, you know? Um, so I had the best fall I probably could have had ever. 
Like I hit like 600 over the fall, which is Insane. in 25 games, ridiculous. Uh-huh. I just had the best fall. Like I had the pinnacle of what you want your Juco fall to be. Like no one would want anything other than that. That's exactly how you want to perform because I showed out at every big showcase we had to. Like we played at this other place uh, in Missouri, Lindenwood. So I went two for four against Heartland because we played them there. Fuck right? yeah. Also, my first year trying, we played against Heartland, and I hit piss missiles against them. I was so high. It was awesome. It was, like, the best feeling ever. And they're all, like... They're pointing at the coach. Dude, dude, they struck me out one time at, like, the end of the game. Or, no. They got me out one time at the end of the game. I went four for five that game. Or, no, five for six that game. And they struck... Or, I, like, lined out. And they're, like, yeah. Chirping, yeah. And I was, like, I have five fucking hits, dude. Shut up. Because they were trying to trip me the whole time, and I just kept getting hits. Totally. Good for you. But we're playing Heartland. I go two for four against them. And the kid that was pitching that I got the two hits off of, I had like a, I was keeping it in my head how many hits. So every time I got a hit, I'd like point out with my fingers how many hits I had off of him. And he was like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was awesome. So I went two for four against them. And then we played this school, Jeffco, which any Juco baseball player knows Jeffco's nasty. Okay. They didn't have a kid that threw under 92 that day. And they topped out at like 96. And I went four. I went four for four against Jeff Co. Oh shit! In front of all these coaches again because it's a big scouting event. Totally. I'm like, the same kid comes up to me. He's like, "All right, if you don't get a call today, right. then I'm actually fucking quitting." And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, dude. I don't really care. I don't know what's going on." We found out after that because I didn't get a call after that, and I was like, "Okay, something's fucking up, dude." And that was our last series of the fall. I was like, "Okay, something's up. Like, I haven't heard anything. No schools are contacting me. I'm checking my emails every day to make sure I'm not missing anything. Maybe spam." And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I haven't heard anything. My coaches aren't even telling me anything." And this kid, Randon Dalman, who ended up playing at Minnesota, um, and this kid, Ryan Feiss, who threw 95. Right? They weren't getting anything either. The only reason Randon Dowman was getting anything is because he had a coach that had like good connections. So a bunch of scouts are reaching out to them because they knew about him through that scout. Right. Okay. And Randon's talking to me. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, I can try to reach out to my scout for you, but like, they haven't seen you play. Like, I don't know what's going on. Why you haven't gotten any calls? Cause as of right now, you are a power five D one player, which is like SEC, ACC, all those like big conferences you know right he's like as of right now you could play power five baseball and i'm like i agree i don't know what's happening because i believe i'm a power five hitter through and through right now because that was the best i've ever been in my life at hitting and we call our coaches out for it they have a meeting with him randon and someone else and we find out because they have a team meeting then we find out they're turning away division one schools like telling them not to pick us up why because they said they wanted us to go D2, D3, where they knew we would play. Because they don't want us to go to a school and not play. And then I'm sitting there, I'm like, are you... Why are they brokering the deals? Exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I was like, how... And then, like, immediately I stand up, and I was like, so how many schools fucking asked about me? And they, like, rolled their eyes, they're like, a bunch, but you wouldn't play there. And I'm like... What the fuck? Dude, are you serious? And then, like, we have our fall exit meeting at the end of the year, and they're like, so what do you think? And I was like... I think I'm the best I'll ever be at hitting right now. And they're like, we agree. And I'm like, I think I'm a D1 hitter right now. And they're like, we also agree. And I'm like, so why? Then like, let me go. Yeah. I'm like, so why are we doing this? And they're like, okay, we'll help you out. And they like started talking to schools and I started getting some like talk from them. They okay. stopped turning them away. And I was like, okay, this is good. Like we're salvaging something at least. Jeez. And then our spring comes up. And our fir- we have our first two spring games. I played good in them. And then we go to Arizona. 
right? Because that was our first spring trip after our first two spring games in February. It was, thank God, warm enough for us to even play at Triton. Wow. Um, but we go out to Arizona. And I absolutely ball out. Meanwhile, I have COVID without knowing it's COVID. Dude, so I'm on my deathbed while we're there. Oh, no shit. And people are like, dude, like they're taking videos of me snoring at night. It sounded like a train horn. And I'm like wheezing in my sleep. Like I can't breathe. And I wake up and my mouth is bone dry. And I'm like, dude, this is the worst time of my life. Wow. But I played the best baseball ever of my life in Arizona. It's so I, crazy. So COVID's a PED. That's all it is, right? Because <laughs> that's the clip. It's like playing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like playing hungover. You got to try harder so you play better. But totally COVID. I was just playing with my arms tied behind my back the whole time, so I had to freaking try my ass off. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, we play the reigning champs, the reigning World Series champs. I played really good against them. There was a couple of pro scouts there. Um, and it's all going good. I had two home runs while we were in Arizona. I had a bunch of doubles, a bunch of triples. And I was like, all right, this is the best it could have gone. Like I'm hitting like 400 something right now. This is awesome. This is going to be a great season. We are waiting. This was, this was like, it like almost gives me chills thinking about it again, because we're waiting to the next day we're leaving. We're getting on the plane to go. And they move our flight up and they text us. They're like, hey, we got to leave tonight. Uh, this COVID thing's getting serious. And I'm like, because Rachel texted me like in January about this. Right. I was like, don't fucking worry about it. It's not going to come to the U.S. It's over in fucking China or whatever. Totally. Like, it's not going to get here. It was, it was a meme at that point for sure. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's never going to happen. And they tell us, they're like, yeah, we're going to leave early. So we're all getting our stuff together. We're leaving. Like, Oh, the season will be done for like two weeks. We'll hop back into it, you know. And we get on the plane. Like, while we're actually at the airport, it's like nobody's there. And I'm like, I've never seen an airport like this. This right. is like, this is like eerie. So we're waiting for our plane in Terminal C4. Or no, in Terminal like D3 or something. And our plane gets struck by lightning that's coming in. Whoa. So you're like, all right. We're going to move you to a different terminal for a different plane. And the terminal they move us to was C4. And I was like, yeah, our plane's going to blow up, dude. (laughs) Like, this is just, this is just all the signs in that the world is over for us. So our baseball team, this world is over for us. So we get on our plane, get home fine. And we get back to our field at like two in the morning. And all our coach says is, yeah, we'll let you know what's going on. If our season's over... Hell of a job, boys. And that's it. Whoa. That's it. And we all go home. We're all back at our apartment and college and stuff, and we're all just talking about it. And then we start seeing stuff get shut down. The first thing to go was uh, summer ball leagues. They were saying that they were done. And then D1 programs, season's over. And then D2, D3, NAI, all following suit, right? JUCO, and JUCO's like a meme, it was the most JUCO thing for us to be the last one to cancel our season. Because we didn't cancel our season until like four days after everyone else. That's so and funny. Everyone's like, uh, there was like almost like serious talks about Bovada and like, uh, what's that other sports betting app? Uh, DraftKings? Yeah, DraftKings. They're like maybe going to open bets for us in juco because we're going to be the only sport oh, going that's hilarious and i was like dude fuck i'm gonna bet the under on myself every time and play like shit that's so, <laughs> you know, fucking so funny. much money i'm gonna be the next beat rose <laughs> <laughs> but uh dude 
we uh it cancels and we're like okay like they're gonna talk about it this uh, is like march right middle of march <laughs> this is the middle of march and they said they're gonna drop a statement like march 20th like what's going on forward like a week after right they dropped that statement four days early and they're like yeah the season's confirmed cancel it's not there's no chance of it opening up we're in lockdown so right immediately when that happened immediately depressed because i'm like i don't have an offer yet dude i'm right back in the same boat when i was at heartland and and you just did great you just, just played the great. best you've ever been yeah yeah so i'm talking to my coach i'm like hey you guys got to help me out i got to get somewhere because i am as of right now not committed i have no money like for commitment like no one is talking to me because i just decommitted from that school too so Corey hartman at northwestern ohio the head coach he calls me and he offers me a full at this point because they had me at 90 percent when i first committed and after the two seasons he's like hey we'll give you a full ride wow. and i'm sitting there i'm like okay like I'll let you know, but I'm hearing from other schools right now. And my coach texts me. He's like, hey, there are three schools that are looking at you right now. And the two I remember were Alabama, Birmingham, UAB, and St. Louis University. And I was like, okay, cool. So I cold call St. Louis University head coach or assistant coach. I don't remember which one it was. But I call him and I'm like, hey, like, how's it going? He's like, hey, Brian, how are you? And I'm like, oh, like, you know my name? He's like, yeah, we saw you over in Lindenwood. That Missouri one, right, right, right? right? They turned him away there, but it wasn't like a hard turn away where my coach talked to him. This is exactly what he told me. He was like, yeah, so, you know, we saw you there, like, but we didn't even fucking bother because we thought you were going to go power five or something. And I was oh, like wow. sitting there, I'm like, so how fucking good am I? So I started cold emailing all these power five head coaches, like Mizzou and shit. Mizzou gets back to me and they're like, yeah, you can walk on. We have no money, blah, blah, blah. See if you're good enough. And I'm like, oh my God, like. They, they got back to me and I was like, all right, right. Cool. At least you're like in the conversation. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is sick. So all this is going on and I'm like talking in some schools and they're like starting to throw offers, getting back to me after they throw offers. They're like, actually you can be a preferred walk on, but we can't give you any money, you know, because this, this and that, like we have seniors coming back and we have guaranteed money to them. And like, we're going to help our guys out before we help anyone incoming. And I'm like, I completely understand that. Like, that's fine, but I'm not going to come to your school. I'm sorry. I can't afford it. <clears throat> so I call back Corey and he was like, yeah, so we'll take you blah, 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 full ride. And I'm like, cool, squared off. I'm going back to the place I fucking committed to. And those guys are awesome. Those coaches over there were so good. Um, they took me in like their, I was family as well. Um, well, but even after decommitting, they would still like talk to me any showcase they were at. They would come up, talk to my mom because Corey had melanoma as well. So him and my mom talked about that a lot. How um, interesting. Yeah. So it was wild. Um, wow. but during COVID I fell into like this after I committed there, I fell into like this deep depression. Cause I was like, I'm not going to make it pro out of there. Like it's an NAIA. You tell someone, Oh, it's an NAIA. They're like, what the fuck is that? You know? And it's not really comparable. I think NAIA is sick sometimes right because it's basically like d3 baseball because you have a bunch of like really shitty kids that can get in there but it's also all the overseas guys that's where they're going for college we had a bunch of dominican guys we had a bunch of puerto rican guys uh canadians bunch of those dudes um but yeah dude and that's where i met one of my other best friends he's uh from canada as well um but dude it was wild like going there I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be good. Like, it's NAIA. I'll just, like, expose really shitty pitching and then compete when it's good pitching because you could see from 70 miles an hour for a fastball to 95, and there was no in between, right? So 
I'm going there first year. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be big dog. But with all the COVID restrictions, dude, it just put me even further down into like a grave. I was like, I can't stand this. I can't go out and party with my teammates. I can't like bond with them. I can't even hang out with them because we're confined to our apartments. Like we can't even go do anything because of COVID restrictions. So that first year, I absolutely blew, dude. And we had these military personal trainers that was the parents of one of the kids on the team. Dude, I was ready to carry M16. I wasn't ready to carry a baseball bat. <laughs> like, oh, I'll tell you wow. that much. I was in the best shape I had been in until now. Um, but, dude, I, that they we would do this thing called a modified Murphy. We would run a mile, do 100 push-ups, Fuck. 200 varied abs, and then 300 body squats. Jesus Christ. Run another mile. Oh, my God. We had to get in under 35 minutes. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> So we're just all like basically tired at all times because we're doing these workouts during the season too. Yeah. Like it was terrible. Um, but first season I played like garbage. I changed my swing up. Dude, entirely. I'm going to try to do that. I feel like. A modified Murphy. I don't think I could. You could do it. it but dude, after like your hundredth body squat. <coughs> yeah. Uh, it seems crazy. Dude, the 200. How do you even run again? You just try to pick up your leg. Yeah. <laughs> like put, put, your feet, yeah. put one in front of the other, you know. Um wow. But yeah, it was wild. And then I played like garbage. Um, I hit like just 300 with two home runs, which was not. And I hit two home runs in the COVID season, only playing 10 games. I had two home runs in a 50. I had two home runs in a 50 game season the next year. You know, like I had no pop. My arm was toast and I was like not in baseball shape. And I was like, dude, yeah, well, baseball's over for me. You know, like I'm going to go back one more year, play baseball's over for me. I went back the next year, and I found my power again, and I started hitting bombs. Um, COVID restrictions have loosened by the time? Yeah, the COVID restrictions were pretty much done. We could hang out. We could go in other people's apartments. This is 2021, 22? This is uh, 2022. Okay. So as soon as, like, we're able to all hang out again, it was awesome, right? Like, everyone's happy again. I'm back to my normal self. Like, depression's kind of gone. Man, you've been going up and down this whole time. Dude, it, it, crazy. it is a roller coaster. It's sad. Right? I'm sorry, like, to, no, sorry to hear that. I mean, I, I'm i a big believer that hard times make hard people and Fuck soft yeah. times make soft people. So I wouldn't trade that shit for the world, right? Because overall, I welcome really shitty experiences because it makes you a better person, I believe. Um, if you take it the right way. Like if you're... Exactly. Like... I don't care if this really offends anyone, but if you're a soft motherfucker and you have one hard thing happen to you and you just fucking shut down, all right, nice. But if you like use it, you learn from it, you learn how to deal with adversity, you become a better person, you become stronger, you're mentally better, right? Totally. It makes you like, it sets you up for life. And then I don't think if I had never dealt with that, I'd be okay to be a parent, you know? True. Because I welcome a bunch of the shitty happenings so I can not allow that to happen to like any of my kids that I ever have. Totally. But also teach them, Hey, you're not going to be a pussy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, because you don't have any kids, right? I'm not. Oh no, absolutely not. Okay, Absolutely not. Don't say that. Don't put that on me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 24. I'm 24. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the first year sucks. Second year is going great. And I don't really have anything too much to say about you and OH. Uh, it's kind of, because JUCO was it for me. The UNOH was kind of a blur to me just because it was a really small town. Um, not a lot to do, a lot of trouble to get into, though. Um, we got in a lot of trouble there all the time. Uh, not not with the law, but 
He's drinking brewski just with, late with, with our coaches all the time. Oh, okay. With our coaches all the time. They fucking hated us, but they loved us at the same time. I love those coaches too. They were awesome. They made that time enjoyable for me, um, even through COVID. That that first year there was probably the most, second most time depressed I've ever been because that story will come up too. Um, but yeah, that that was a wild ride there. And then I actually got the or the chance to play pro ball after my second year or semi-pro, whatever, whoever wants to be technical with it. But it was in the MLB Draft League. So, wow, very, very impressive. Yeah, for two whole weeks. <laughs> I still got to say I did it. So I made it to the point I wanted to be at. Obviously, oh, yeah. it wasn't lived as long as I wanted to, but that. Uh, oh, that's a big, that's a good notch on your belt. You know, it's a good yeah, trophy that you, yeah. you achieved something other than just high school baseball. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, college baseball is awesome. And then as soon as how that all happened, uh, there was this one scout slash whatever he was, he just had a bunch of ends to this league, right? And the year I was going to play in it was the second year of it existing. So a bunch of minor league teams that were disbanded because of COVID, because they couldn't afford it anymore, were generated back into the MLB Draft League, right? So I played for, I was signed with the Frederick Keys, who used to be with the Baltimore Orioles. And then I was with the Williamsport Crosscutters, who used to be with the Philadelphia Phillies, Damn. right? So it was pretty cool. Like That's in the really fan, cool. the fan bases all remain. So they treated you like a professional baseball player. You Fuck weren't yeah. just some like, oh, you're, you're just playing pro so ball. So where did you live? Did you move to Baltimore? So I moved to Frederick, Maryland, and I was in a hotel. I was only there for two days. That was all oh, right. This is this is where it all starts. It was right, awesome. Right, right. So I had the option to either go back to UNOH for one more year and hopefully sign a free agency deal the next year, right? Or at least go play in the Frontier League for like the Boomers or something, right? Which would still be fun. Yeah, it'd still be fun. Getting paid to play baseball. Well, yeah, the Frontier League is sick now. A lot of guys get picked up out of there to the MLB, no or shit. at least put into minor league systems. Very you know, cool. so I go there i had in mitch too mitch hunley my buddy your boy yeah yeah he played in the mlb draft league the first year and he balled out and coco crisp was his head coach Fuck which yeah. is a like really well-known baseball player and coco crisp straight up told him he was like yeah like you're ready to be mlb catcher right now crazy the five seven little shithead <laughs> he's not five seven he's like five ten <laughs> um but he's like yeah and i say like that guy's small he was really small our first year he put on some weight our next year, but even his first year, that kid could not get warmed up and he could pull down 95. I'm like, how the fuck do you do this, dude? Like, who are you? Um, he, he was the best defensive catcher. To his ever. genes. Yeah. So did his family play catcher also? Yeah, all of them were catchers. Oh, wow. All, everyone, and that they were, the news wanted to do, while we were at Triton too, they wanted to do a segment on him because he was like, everyone's saying he was going to get picked up. Um, they wanted to do a segment on him being the first ever third bloodline to play the same position in a professional sport. Yeah. Wow. Know? Which would have been sick, but totally. you know, now he's laying down solar panels, but Fuck yeah. he's still making decent money doing totally. it. And he's going to end up in the union, make a bunch of money. Uh, so good on him. But yeah, good for him. So Mitch played in the first year of the draft league, and I actually wanted to go pick him up with his parent or his mom and his brother. They're like, hey, you're back from school. Like, you want to come with us to go pick up Mitch? Because his contract's up after this. And I was like, yeah. So we go to pick him up, and we watch one of his games. And I'm like, I belong out there. Damn. This is the coolest thing ever. And this is when I was sucking, too. So I was like, I need to do something to play in this league. Dude, because he was with the Scrappers over in Mahoning Valley. It's in Ohio. 
the stadium was packed. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. This is professional baseball. That's yeah. Coco Crisp in that dugout, Fuck you yeah. know. And then he ended up getting his contract extended. Wow. And he signed with the Crosscutters, right? And then he got injured the first game with the Crosscutters. Damn. So I'm out there for like four extra days. I thought we were going to go there for one night, pick him up, bring him home. No. So we go out there. I'm out there for like three extra days. I'm having to like buy clothes and shit. Oh, and wow. Like, oh, my God. We're watching his fucking games. He gets hurt. He goes to the doctor. And then we're like, okay, Mitch, we're, we're going to go home. You're going to figure it out. The day we get home, the next day, he calls us. He's like, hey, they're sending me home. <laughs> what oh, the fuck, man. Dude? So he just, he had his truck there, his big red, big red. which had like 500,000 <laughs> miles on it. <laughs> and it somehow made it home. That's insane. Um, next year goes by and I talked to the guy that got him in that league, right? And he gets me in the league too. And I was praying they would put me and Mitch on the same team. Yeah. But regardless, I was like, okay, like I'll follow you guys regardless. The day we find out the teams were on, um, he found out first. They're like, he's like, hey, they put me back on the crosscutters. I was like, oh, no one's reached out to me yet, blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, I'll call. I'll actually call my coach so he can tell me what team you're on because they all know. And he was like, oh, you're on the you're on the Frederick Keys. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, all right, at least I'm in this league. You know, take take your ones where right. you can. Like, still made it. Yeah. I don't have to be familiar with anyone. I'm just going there to try to get a free agency contract in a minor league system, you know. And... I drive to uh, Williamsport with them over in Pennsylvania because it's only two hours away from Frederick. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be awesome. Like, I'll stay the night here because I don't have to report till the next day anyways. So we stay at a hotel that night. I wake up at like 5 a.m. to go get there. I want to be the first one at the clubhouse because I'm like, I want to soak all this in, dude. So I get there pretty early. They give me all my stuff. They're giving me all my equipment. They're giving me my practice gear, my hats, my uniforms. And I'm like, picking out my number i'm like dude this is so sick like yeah, it's pretty sweet. we're taking bp and stuff in one of the cages off a machine and i'm starting to meet the guys they're all starting to roll in we're like oh this is cool i'm like where'd you play where'd you play where'd you play and all these guys are telling me power five d ones and i'm like wow. like where'd you play and i'm like northwest in ohio and they're like are you serious and i'm like yeah i went to an nai and they're like watching me take bp they're like why the fuck did you go to nai and i was like oh covid and right. they're like yeah man you're good like you shouldn't have gone there and i'm like okay sweet they think i'm good blah 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 Perfect, like yeah. fake it till you make it now just own it and then next day is team practice so we have a team practice and i notice we have like nine pitchers we have seven outfielders wow and i'm like Something's not adding up here, man, because we have a 60-game season ahead of us. Nine pitchers will not, like, be good enough, you know. So we have our first practice. I hit, like, shit on the field for BP, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just one day. Like, I was sore shit. I get a call from Joe Oliver. He was an old Twins catcher. He was our head coach. He's our skip. That's so cool. Not cool with what happened next. Oh, no. I'm in the room with my roommate who actually works with me at Illinois Bone and Joint now. It's such a small world. Uh -huh. um, but we're in our room and I get a call and I see the caller ID says Joe Oliver or Oliver Joe because it's like last first. And I'm like, whatever. I'm like, oh, what's he calling me about? Hey, what's up? Hey, Bryant. Sorry to let you know. Like he didn't, he could give less of a fuck about me. And he was like, sorry to let you know, but we got to release you. We don't have enough pitchers. Uh, let them know uh, your travel fees going back home. They'll send you a check. Whoa. And I'm like, this is my second day there. And I'm sitting there. My roommate's like, what? Because I look like I just saw a ghost. Like, I'm about to throw up. Fuck. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And I'm like, okay. So I text him. I was like, hey, could you possibly get me on another team? He's like, uh, talk to the commissioner or talk to your scout. And I'm like, 
right, dude, fuck you. Wow. Like you, yeah. Like, all right, whatever. It's going to cut me in that. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I like Joe Oliver, but now I don't like you. <laughs> but it wasn't his fault. Like he didn't know me like yeah. that. Like at least he, he called he, you. He met me once and it was that day. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, all that's going on. So I'm spamming my scout with calls, texts. He's not getting back to me. Mind you, this is 9 p.m. Oh my Our God. first game's the next day. And this is 9 p.m. And I'm like, fuck, dude. And then I call Mitch's mom. I'm like, I don't know what to do. She's still in Williamsport. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Da, 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 da. And she knew the scout, right? So she's like, all right, I'll call him. Calls him. He answers right away. I'm like, fucking dick. What a chick. So he, as soon as she called him, she told him the situation. He's like, all right, I'll get him on another team. Don't tell, tell him to stop worrying. Like, he'll be on a team by tonight. And I was like, okay, sweet. I can sit down, relax. So the commissioner calls me. He's like, hey, Sorry with what happened. It was just like rostering. And mind you, I was one of the first guys to even sign a contract for that league. I signed like way back when they started opening the pro contracts for it. Wow. And I was like, like, this is kind of ridiculous, man. Like, this shouldn't be on me. Like, I deserve a chance at least. He's like, and we're going to get you that chance. He's like, head over back to Williamsport. I'm like, the city I was just fucking right, in two days ago. Right. <laughs> so I go to Williamsport. I you gotta turn in all your stuff. Dude, you gotta turn it the hat sucked. in. No, it was both they let me keep the hats and stuff. <laughs> which I've never put them on since the day I practiced. Yeah, you right, know. Right, right. Um but they're like I text the clubby. So like the clubbies are just basically they run equipment and stuff for us. So I text our clubby at like nine thirty after I find out the news and they're like, Yeah, meet us at seven AM and I'm like, What the fuck, dude? I'm not even gonna be able to fall asleep tonight. Yeah, mine, and I don't know if I can wake up to my alarm at that time. Like I'm a college kid still. You know, right? <laughs> so I get up at like six. I go to the clubhouse. I'm there at like six thirty. I'm waiting for someone to walk in. It's like seven thirty, and this is like a two and a half hour drive, and I have to be at the clubhouse by, I think it was like ten a.m. and Williamsport to get everything squared off because I had to do a bunch. Dude, there was so much paperwork I had to do. I bet. But I get. They finally. Someone finally rolls in. I get in. Turn back in all the stuff I had that they had given me, get back in my car. I book it all the way back to Williamsport and I get there like 10 minutes before I have to be there. Insane. And all the guys start rolling in. Um, and I finally walk into the clubhouse cause I'm like scared shitless. Now I'm like, I already got released and we haven't even played one game yet. <laughs> and I Good walk look. and I was like, first person to get released from this team is going to be me now. So I walk into the clubhouse and there's a bunch of dudes in there. They're like, are you a pitcher? Are you a pitcher? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? Same story for this team. I'm going to get released, dude. Right, right. I'm like, no, I'm an outfielder. They're like, dude, we have eight outfielders. I'm God like, oh, my damn. God, bro. Like, what is going on? Thank God some of those outfielders were utility or else I would have never played one pro game. Wow. Um, so I signed all my paperwork. I'm not playing the first game, obviously, because it's the same day. Like, I just got there. Um, I take BP and everything. I'm meeting all the guys. It's cool. They're like, Hey man, how'd you get released? You're good. And I'm like, I don't know, man, we're doing our, uh, rap Soto, which is like a, uh, it like tracks velocities and stuff. Like when we're hitting and I was like hitting like off, uh, our machine, I was hitting like 105, 106, 105 and like sitting upper nineties with my exit velocities. And they're like, damn dude, like you can kind of swing it. And I was like, yeah, like cool. And, uh, it was going good. Like, I didn't think I was going to get released. One of the guys that played at Kentucky, he came out to me. He's like, he's like, you're a dog, bro. He's like, you belong here. You're a dog. And I was like, dude, I've only played one game and I want 04. <laughs> like, <laughs> I haven't even got a hit. He's like, no, I can tell you can ball, dude. And I was like, thanks. Played my next game. 
uh, I only played two games when I was there for like two weeks, right? So play my second game. It's a home game. A rowdy crowd. Like it's Friday. We're gonna go to the bars after. It's gonna be sick. Fuck yeah, dude! Downtown Williamsport is awesome. It's like a mini Philly. Really, dude. It everything there is so sick. It was the coolest. Like I was happy I was on that team because I was like, if I spent the whole summer there, I'd be broke. Right. <laughs> like I would be so broke. And the host family house I lived at, I could walk everywhere. Oh, it was yeah. in the city. So that's awesome. But. I get my first pro hit and then I'm all like hyped. I'm like, this is sick. This is awesome. Totally. We get back into the clubhouse after the game and they give me my ball. I'm like signing my ball and stuff. First pro hit, like the date on it, my signature. This is so sick. And I signed while I was there. I played two games. I probably signed over 2000 autographs. What? Yes. Dude, these kids would come up to me and they're like, I love you. Like, you're so awesome. You're so awesome. Parents would be talking to me and stuff. And I'm like, dude, like I'm I'm not even like good yet. That's crazy. It was awesome, dude. Um, and I'm signing my ball at it. Like freeze frame, dude. As I'm signing the ball, our assistant coach comes out into the clubhouse. I'm like sitting there in my underwear in my locker, like just <laughs> signing this ball. Ever we're listening to music loud as hell in the locker room because we just won. It was yeah, a big win, totally. And you're spraying champagne. Yeah, no, 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 on. not like that. It was like our fifth game of the season, dude. And our assistant coach comes out. Hey, Skip wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh my god. I was like, sure as hell. Is it about my one hit I got today? <laughs> <laughs> so I walk in, I walk into the, uh, coach's office and I'm sitting there and I see the look on his face right away. So I just sit down and I'm like, just looking at the ceiling. I'm like, just tell me, dude. And he's like, Hey man, we love you. Um, but we're going to have to release you. We need pitching. Like we like, it's nothing you did. He's like, if it was, if I had anything to say about it, like I'd keep you, you know? And I'm like, can you just tell me I suck, dude? Like, can you just tell me I'm not good enough right, so I can have that closure? Yeah. Like, just tell me I'm not good enough so I can have some closure. He's like, no, it's not that you're not good enough. He's like, if you need me to, I can get you in another league too. And I'm like, I don't want to go to a fucking other league. I want to be in this league right <sighs> yeah, now, man. dude. And he's like, yeah, he's like, we just need pitching. It's nothing you did. And I'm like, okay, so I'm still good enough to play pro ball, but I don't have a contract to play pro ball. Yeah. You know? I found out the guy that they released me for, they released him after one inning of him pitching. God damn, dude. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay, dude, this is just. So is it because there's less, like, people hurt themselves pitching, so there's less pitchers in this league where all the good pitchers are going to be in higher levels? I mean, what what is it? You just need numbers in pitching because load management is a big thing for pitchers, especially in pro ball, right? You can have a really long inning where you throw 40 pitches, all right, you're only getting one more inning after that, you know, and only that team only had nine pitchers too, and they're like, we can't like do this. Like, what does a professional team have? Twelve, fifteen? A rotation? I'm not too sure, but I know a lot of the time you have like five consolidated starters, maybe six, and then you have a bunch of relief pitchers. Okay, right? Um, but dude, it sucked so. Our game ended at a little at like 10 and everyone's like, all right, let's go out to the bars. Let's go out to the bars. And like, I walk out and I walk down the hallway and I'm back in the locker room and they're like, Hey, what's wrong? I'm like, it's nice meeting you boys. And they're like, no fucking way, dude. And I'm like, yeah, I just got released. And they're like, why? And I was like pitching. They're like all the outfielders start shitting themselves. Of course. Cause they're like, we still have seven outfielders. Oh my God. <laughs> they're like, we're next. And they're all like, okay. 
who here is an outfielder that can pitch? (laughs) (laughs) Freaking out and stuff. Um, That's so funny. But I was 11 hours from home. And I got home that night back to my host family. I'm sitting there in bed staring at the ceiling. So did you go out with them or no? Oh, absolutely not. I was fucking floored, dude. I was out of my mind floored. And I didn't want to wake up the next morning and tell those people, hey, I got released. I'm leaving my host family because they're going to be like, oh, this kid's a degenerate. You know, (laughs) like this kid sucks or something. So it's 2 a.m. in Pennsylvania. You should not drive at 2 a.m. in Pennsylvania. What did I do? I put everything into my car and I left at 2 a.m. Wow. So I'm driving. That was the biggest mistake of my entire life. Because, I, I mean, I was irate. Like, I was pissed. Totally. So I'm driving. Like, I have, like, the adrenaline running for, like, maybe a good, like, hour of driving. Because I'm like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to be home. I'm going to be around people I know. Like, I'm going to figure it out. Get in another league. Maybe go play for the Boomers. Blah, blah, blah. All that's going on. And then I'm in the mountains. Well, it's pitch black. Right. You, there's no light in the mountains. I can't see anything other than my headlights. I'm like, I've never seen a bear in my life, but this is the first time I'm going to meet one with my hood. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> So I'm driving home. I was like starting to doze off. I probably had like, my heart was probably not good after that day. I had like 10 bang energy drinks on the way home, dude. Because mind you, I was driving through the night. I pulled an all-nighter. Totally. After you just played a fucking game. I, mean, I got home at like 1 p.m. the next day. So nothing happened on the on the road. No, I was just almost falling asleep the whole time, yeah. and I was like literally like nodding off, like slapping I hate myself that and feeling, shit, dude. Yeah, dude. And I was like, just stop being fucking tired. Get home and you can sleep all you want. Right. Um, and I didn't even go to sleep when I got home. I stayed up for the rest of the day till like one a.m. Oh my god. So, because dude, I was just like in limbo. Like nothing felt real after that. Because I was like, okay, like my life's over. Because all I knew was baseball, you know. And I I wasn't ready to work. I wasn't ready to do anything. Right. So that, remember when I said the second most depressed I've ever been, this was the most depressed I've ever been Oh wow. because I wasn't even like grieving or anything. I just went straight into like meltdown, shutdown. Like I wasn't talking to anybody. I wasn't talking about anything. I didn't want to do anything. And I was like, fuck this dude. Like this is the worst time of my life. Like this is the worst yeah. thing that ever happened to me. Like I don't Everything know what's next. Everything you've been working towards is gone. It's gone. Like just like that, just cause someone said, Hey, we got to release you. And I was like, okay. Right, like a technicality. Yeah, Yeah. and one of my buddies, uh, Viggs, he took me out fishing the very next day because he has a boat, and he's like, hey, man. Because he was there a lot for baseball with me. He's 29. He's a CPD guy. So I actually met him through Mitch, too. Uh Um, But he took me out fishing. I kind of just, like, poured my heart out about it, and I was like, yeah, man, I don't know what's next. He's like, join the police, and I'm like, fuck no. (laughs) This is like peak BLM yeah, shit going yeah. on. Oh my God, dude. And I was like, I do not want to get killed or have more people hate me for totally. like just being a police officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, well, it's not like bad, dude. It's like, we're just supervising. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I'm not doing that. Um, and one of my buddies reaches out to me who's coaching a team actually in the Northwoods, which is a college league. Okay. He's like, hey, we have two weeks, uh, three weeks left of the league. You want to come play in front of this coach? And I'm like, I'm not a college player. He's like, you have a year of eligibility left, right? And I was like, yeah, but I waived that as soon as I got paid to play baseball. He's like, yeah, all right, come play. We'll just say you're going back to school next year. We're like, we'll finesse the league. And I'm like, okay. So my hopes are back up. I go out to Wisconsin. I play for the, oh, what were they? We were the Lakeshore Chinooks. We were out in in, uh, Mequon, Wisconsin. Okay. 
cool ass place, dude. It was awesome. My host family there, they, she, it was, a just, I think she had like a boyfriend or something, but she was like the coolest mom ever. She was so freaking cool. Um, she would like say, Hey, this is in the fridge. Beer's in the fridge, blah, blah, blah. This is, I was like, Oh, you're the best. I love you. Um, so I was there for two weeks and I balled out, right? I played really good. I went back to like not caring. I was on ESPN plus and I was like, this is sick, dude. This dude. is awesome. So <laughs> I ball out there and I'm like, all right. So the coach that was watching me was the head coach of the Schnooks. And I was like texting him after the league and everything. And I was like, Hey, let me know what you do for me. Like if you get me into a league or something, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, I'll let you know. We'll probably have something squared off and set up for the spring. Don't hear anything back from this guy for like two months. I text my buddy that was a coach on the team. I'm like, Hey, what's this guy up to? He's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't coach anymore. And I was like, oh, my God. So I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, right. right. It's over. And this is, like, me training for baseball and stuff still, but, like, not hearing anything. So that's when I fell even further into my depression. But I was thankful for the Chinooks because that was kind of my, like, closure with baseball. You know, I finally right. got to, like, play my last game instead of, like, not knowing it was going to be my last game. True. Like, get, yeah. Like, saying, okay, this may potentially be your last game. Um. So all that's going on, I fall into this, like, really, really, really bad depression. I, like, won't admit it, but I'm still going to admit it. I became an alcoholic, like, heavy. Oh, wow. Like, I gained 20 pounds. All beer? All beer, all food. I had, I was just eating, drinking, eating, drinking. I didn't have a job either, so I'm just playing Xbox all night. So you don't have, you don't have to be in shape anymore. No, it's yeah. Gone. It doesn't so matter. I'm just playing Xbox every night till 3 a.m. Jobless, drinking every night, Getting drunk, yeah. Like eating every night, just whatever I could freaking eat, whatever I could freaking so drink. So is your girlfriend still in college, or is she back? At, like, does she live by you? Oh yeah, she lived. She lived back at home too, because she graduated 2021, right? Oh, okay. So I, since I redshirted, I went to school for an extra year. Right. Right, right. 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 Um, okay. So all that's going on. And, like, she doesn't know what's going on with me because I won't tell her. Like, I'll act normal around her and stuff. But, right. like, and she was like, oh, you're in shape. And, like, I saw, like, my body image. I could show you a picture, too. It might be a little, but. I'll put that on Instagram after the, the homework. <laughs> <we got. laughs> so. Fat, fat Bryant. <laughs> dude, like, I got all the way up to 237. Whoa. 237 pounds. My last game okay. of baseball I played was, I was two, like, 12 212 I I wasn't lean but I I was like stocky but not like cut right it was just like power like power baseball player right and then (laughs) no 237 me was Babe Ruth (laughs) I got like fat and like I finally looked in the mirror like after all this is going on like long night of drinking on uh new year's and then january 1st like i wake up and i'm shirtless and i take a picture in the mirror like january 1st and i was like okay you're never gonna fucking look like this ever again good for you as of right now i went on a serious cut like a really unhealthy cut because i was like i'm tired of how you fucking look you know and i was like baseball's over stop being a fucking bitch because when as much as like i was depressed through it i was like you've dealt with worse you know, baseball ending isn't the worst thing to happen to you. There's way worse things happening in this world. Stop feeling fucking sorry for yourself. Get up and do something with your life. Because if you don't do anything, no one gives a fuck about you. No one's going to tell you, hey, go get a job. They'll say that. No one's going to offer you a job. You got to go find one, you know. Um, so all that's going on. And I start, like, getting ready just to, like, start, 
like cutting. And this is while um, I worked at Illinois Bone and Joint because right after everything ended with what's it called? Uh, Lake Shore Chinooks. When that all ended in August, I ended up calling one of my buddies who I knew was like a baseball coach. Like he would do lessons and stuff and he worked for Illinois Bone and Joint. I was like, that might be a good little gig, you know, like I'll work like four to nine every day, blah, blah, blah. Like weekends will be decent. I won't work that much so I can still keep like indulging in this drinking with this depression and everything. Cause that went, I kid you not till like January 1st, like as stupid and cliche as it is like that new year's resolution, yeah. you know, like I didn't see it as a new year's resolution. I just saw it as okay. Like you're on a fresh slate, fresh year, like get your shit together, figure your life out. Cause right now you're going down a really dark path and you don't want people to talk to you that you run into and then they're like oh he's a fucking loser right you know right um so all this stuff's going on and i am like starting to get my life together i'm like okay i'm gonna lose all this weight and as of today i went from 237 my weight today is 185 wow i dropped all that weight in (laughs) (laughs) i dropped all that weight um just like with a super like as unhealthy as I was eating and drinking I took I was like you're gonna punish yourself now so my eating habits I punished myself like crazy I'd eat once a day wow I wouldn't eat till like eight at night and I'd keep myself under 1100 calories a day wow so it was not healthy yeah no way but I started looking the way I wanted to look and now I look the way I want to look and I'm back to regular eating habits. But I was like, it was a necessary evil. You know, you had to right. like almost cleanse yourself of the bullshit you put on yourself, you know, because you felt fucking sorry for yourself and it's way easier to get that out of shape by just feeling sorry for yourself. So Definitely. I was like, I'm tired of it. Like if you wanted to do that to yourself, all right, then you're going to like serve the punishment of getting back in shape, you know? Yeah. Um, Makes sense to me. I totally yeah. get it. I mean, it's a simple, it's a simple equation, you know, eat yeah. less, work out more. <laughs> you know? Good for you. Okay. So how long ago was that? When did you get back into, so that was 2023 was the new year's. Re- yeah. 2023. Kind of thing? 2023. Okay. So it started this year, January 1st is wow. when, and I took like progress pics. I'm, I'm never post. I might post something <laughs> on January 1st, just to be like, Hey, look at what I did. You yeah. Know? Totally. Um, just to kind of serve as a motivation for other people too. Uh, like, cause I know a lot of this people, whole thing is motivating, dude, this yeah. whole podcast. I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like, cause I told you earlier, like I'm a people person and like, yeah. I always want to see people elevate themselves before I elevate like myself. But earlier when I was like, you're taught to conquer the world before you're taught to conquer yourself. Like this year, I really, really, really conquered myself. Um, cause I just wanted to build myself this whole year. Um, I mean, I got another job too. I'm working two jobs now just because I want to be able to build up enough money right now. And it's just like a starting position because this is my first year of real work. You know, I like, I'm still working at Illinois Bone and Joint, which I love. That's the job I love. So I don't even consider it a job and they pay me handsomely, but I wish I could be full-time there. Can't just cause it's too sporadic. You know, it's not a like very, it's not a, so what is it like a massage therapist or what is it? So Illinois Bone and Joint is an orthopedic, like they do orthopedic surgery and stuff. It goes all the way up to doctors to a low level like me that just is a per performance trainer. So I'll like do weight instruction and then I'll also do baseball lessons there as well. Oh, great. Cause we have like cages and stuff. We're the health performance Institute. So we're like the health, like health performance sector. Um, so we're not like working closely with doctors or anything, but we do work with like PTs, like physical therapists and yeah. stuff. Um, I'm not a PT. I'm not 
certified in any of that. Um, Did you get any degree through all of this college? Uh, yeah, I got, so I got my, I have an associates, which doesn't matter. Um, just because I got my bachelor's as well. I got a bachelor, I think it was bachelor of science and specialized studies of business. So it's a pretty broad business degree. So I could go into a lot of different stuff. I could go either sales marketing or like account management, like I'm doing right now with Paylocity, um, which is not the best, um, just because it's like a really high intake of like client services. It's glorified account management like okay through and through i'm a it's client services but is it more of a career long-term thing or? it can be um it's just you got to serve your time as an account manager first to yeah. like kind of grow with the business because you could work your way up to an am2 am3 which is just like different levels of account management um but at the same time you can also like move over into different departments because starting in the account management you have to learn the entire software right you have to know everything through and through which is a lot, About. right? Because it goes all the way from taxes to all the boring stuff, payroll, earnings codes, deduct, like just stupid stuff, right? But it's demoralizing working there too because I'll get people that call in and like I can see how much they make and it's like, oh, $330,000 a year. And this, this guy's title is tax expert. What kind of question do you mm, think he's asking me Yeah, about taxes? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, dude, are you serious right now? <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it's kind of like a foot in the door situation, just like starting your career, figuring out what you want. Yeah. And I've been talking to other buddies too, who are like, yeah, go do this, go do that. Like I could give you a recommendation, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, but I really want to stick this one out just to like build up the resume as well, because it's Paylocity is an enterprise. So it's like, okay, it's a fortune 500 company or not fortune 500, but they are uh, traded. Right. So like there's a name there. It, yeah. Like you say you were an account manager for a year or two years at Paylocity. It's like, oh, that goes far away. Right, there's something there, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously it's not me making my living, but it's me starting off enough to make enough for me and, like, my girlfriend, you know? Good for you. You know? But, yeah, it was a really crazy process, really crazy ride, man. I'm glad you came on, Brian. Thank you for having me. Thank you for telling your story. It was very interesting. Uh, I'm very excited to listen back to this whole thing, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, excited. I'm excited to hear it. Fuck yeah. You know, to see if I sound like an idiot. <laughs> no, no, I think you did a really good job. The way you, like, went through the whole story, it was yeah. great. Um, I would love to do this again. That'd be cool. Uh, maybe we do one with Whitty or something mm-hmm. like that or some of your other buddies Yeah, or that would something. be fun. Start talking shit about stupid stuff we did in high school yeah exactly yeah um i feel bad because all we talked about was baseball which no, obviously fine. is clearly your your story but yeah. i'm sure there's other plenty of other things we could talk oh, about absolutely in, in the middle that's just uh i feel like that was a good thing to talk about too for like a podcast just because totally. there's so much meat to like stones to turn over with it oh know? no dude it was it was fucking great all the coaches i mean the whole the whole thing was awesome yeah i'm sorry if i talk too much if you wanted to talk a little more no 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 no, no, no. this was perfect you you were perfect. You you were. I didn't even have to feed you. You were going great. There's been. I've done plenty of podcasts where it's like, yeah. So uh, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. No, this was great. Brian Deal. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We are out. Gentlemen.